The views and opinions expressed on Red Planet are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect those of Red Planet nor any affiliated or related entities. This podcast is provided for educational purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Red Planet. This week we're talking about anti-fascism and ways that you can be anti-fascist in your everyday life. We'll also be discussing the climate protests organized by Extinction Rebellion, more anti-trans legislation in the US, and Paris continuing to be on fire. But first, Kira has released a track and it's a banger. Yeah, so it's a bop, right? It's a bop. Inarguable. It's gonna be my new day. Like Christmas Uh, yeah, like a Britney, like a Britney Spears knockoff Christmas album that I'm gonna be dropping this Christmas. Do you have like a musician name? Oh yeah. Oh, oh no. Okay, so one of the um, one of my one of my uh, chatters came up with one, but uh, God, I can't remember. If someone in the if someone in the chat could remind me, um, I know Anthony made it up. Oh, it was like the Crimbler. Yeah, the Crimbler because the it's, a, it's a whole thing because. <laughs> I have this alter ego that I call Crimes, based off of Grimes, because uh-huh, we because uh-huh. I don't I I don't like anything about Grimes politics, but I do like her aesthetic. So when I want to capture that, like my community calls me Crimes, you know, Kira and Grimes. So I guess now my 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 Christmas album name is going to be the Crimbler. <laughs> Crimbler, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're going to be yeah. releasing a Christmas album. And so we've been working on it for all of 48 hours. I'm very excited about it. Uh, do you know about the Christmas song that was produced uh, as part of my fundraiser for trans kids a few years ago? No. It's called Do They Know It's Christmas in Hell? Uh, it's by <laughs> Left, at, Left at London and Molly mm. Noise. And it's Amazing. basically about uh, Thatcher and Reagan. Uh, the gang's all there. And they don't even know it's Christmas because they're in hell. And <laughs> it's uh, you don't find out it's Christmas if you're in uh, hell. You question, get tortured. question answered. You know, yeah. like I was I thought I would have to listen to the song to find out if they did in fact know. I I think there are deeper questions that you can answer by listening to the song. So I think it's still worthwhile. <laughs> I think it's so weird that I've never heard of that Christmas song. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Anyways, so uh, it's Red Planet. Check it out. Yeah. Whoa, it's that show Welcome, where we everyone. talk about based stuff. Welcome to Red Planet. How's everyone? How, how how's everyone? All our audience doing? Everyone. And by the way, when I say how is our audience doing, I am talking to our listeners as well. I want you to know that we are from the past, but don't let mm. that stop you from answering out loud. How are you doing? Yeah, if you're how on you the feeling? bus or whatever, just yell it. Yeah, this is wherever you are right now. Empty. Some quiet space for you to reply. Yeah. yeah. Here. How yeah. are you doing? Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. oh, that's, I'm really glad to hear that. That's cool. Yeah. Tim, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing okay. It's early. Follow up question. What's the most best thing you did this week? <laughs> I didn't even like I Tim was, Tim does I not get the up... gap to answer. I I'm just like, here's the question. Here's the question. But Tim is right here though. He's not even like hypothetical, <laughs> but you're not giving him the gap. We have a yeah, we yeah. have a schedule I mean, to stick to. Conrad will, <laughs> will whip me if we don't do this. We're already enforcing the schedule with five minutes in and we're already we're already running over time. Um no, um yeah, I don't know what the most base thing I did this week was. I was I was trying to think about that because I like only woke up 
20 minutes ago or something and I was <laughs> racking my brain and um yeah I literally you just, exist that's base I know yeah, yeah I exist despite despite it all um yeah I was thinking I basically just worked that's the really same busily uh like it was pretty hectic at work this week and then um yeah and then I came home and then I went to sleep and then I woke up and <laughs> here we are I can so, um, same I'm relatable yeah I can relate yeah. to that well so then tell me what was the most base thing that you did this week most big, the most base thing I did this week. Well, um, for for the people that have been keeping up with my personal life, that I blare, I, I, I screech loudly on public forums everywhere. Um, I am getting back into the dating world, so I've been doing some online dating, which is something that I've kind of like been not too keen on doing because of the fact that I have an online persona and I don't really know how that would play out. But um, you know, I've been trying to do some online dating and. One one of the base things that I've been doing is making sure that communism is like something that is very openly a standard that I have. So um, I've been getting a lot of guys in my <laughs> in my DMs trying to trying to date me that aren't fully communist, but they're trying to be to be communist for the sake of like trying to like date me, um, trying trying to get in my pants. And yeah. so what I'm doing is I'm like Lapis, really dude. making them have to like explain themselves and that now they've saw them they're getting like oh that's actually a really good idea like oh i never oh, thought about it like that very pop quiz <laughs> you should so, be, you should you should do a pop quiz on how to blow up a pipeline on the first date <laughs> you know that's a good that's a good that's a great that's a great uh it's a great suggestion sophie um so so far i've gone uh i've dated i've dated a couple guys or gone on dates and talked to a few guys that none of which have been communist yet but they are like really trying (laughs) i'm i'm either pilling them ever so slightly or i am or they're faking being pilled which is very possible but Mm. i have to think like what if you make it (laughs) right right (laughs) right but i have to think like if there was like a chick on the internet that you like really 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 wanted to date but she's like listen you're wonderful in every way it's just i'm sorry i only date communists wouldn't that do something to you? <laughs> Wouldn't that like do a little like, oh, okay. So that is the most base thing I've done this week. I've I've dangled, I've dangled my uh my my pussy for for people to tr- chase after and then be like, no, you have to be a communist. <laughs> That's my practice. This is the yeah. people's pussy. Back off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like you know, there's like that thing where if you are an internet personality and people get familiar with your, like your politics, like, well, they get familiar with like the things you're saying or whatever. And then they like, you know, like they think they, they agree with you on a lot of stuff. They really identify with what you're saying or whatever like that, but they're not a communist. And I feel like it's kind of, I guess, like a short jump for them to be like, oh, okay, like, maybe if I if I really like this person and every, everything they say sounds really good, maybe mm-hmm. maybe I am one of those. You know, maybe yeah. I need to look into that. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's yeah. kind of, if, if I wasn't so staunch with my values, I, it would have worked the opposite way for me, right? Mm-hmm. All these, all these like, milquetoast liberals that are like, I voted for Bernie, and then that's the extent of their radical, you know, yeah. leftism. Um, if I wasn't so, like, staunch with how... I am a communist that would have nudged me the other direction. I think I'd be like, Oh, I'm like the only person here who doesn't, <laughs> who, oh, who yeah. has these like, so like, it's not doing that to me just for the record, but 
I, I do think it completely can work in the other direction. And so far mm. it's been really interesting to see that happen. Also, did you know that men will just like lie about a lot of their values? You think they just like lie about them? You think men would do yeah. that? Like go on the that's internet and like, tell lies? <laughs> I know. I was going to say that's like what Twitter is. That's, like. that's wild. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. So Damn. that's a thing. Anyways, uh, that's the that's the most base thing I've done this week. Just uh, radical promiscuity, I suppose, or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll come I up with the we'll come up with a name for it. For the for the listeners uh, hearing us only, uh, you may have noticed that you have not heard uh, our beloved Peanut Mule's voice this week. Mm. That's because the most base thing Mule did this week is take the week off because he worked on a really big video and now he's having a chill. And mm-hmm. that we we commend we commend that. That's good. That's a good yeah. way to go. Made a fantastic yeah. video, by the way. Um, yeah. We did, we watched it on my channel. He did commentary. It was an it was an it was a really really great show, and um, I'm really proud of Mule because that was a fan. It was just like a phenomenal video he put together. Yeah, it's his first Ooh. meteor analysis one, and it's one of the best meteor analysis video uh, video essays I've seen in like years, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's awesome. I need to so, check that. So we um, we covered everyone's base things, right? No, no, Sophie. I'm, wait- I'm just Sorry, waiting just, to be asked. You're just, you're just Biding so base that I sometimes I forget that you have to actually go out of your way to like say something based, you uh-huh. know. Yeah, but you're just. I'm sure. No, I'm sure. St- <laughs> hey, Sophie. <laughs> Sophie, my yeah, my yeah, my good friend Sophie. That's yes, why you Bestie, look. What's up? You look very cute today. Thank you. The Honestly. podcast listeners are missing out. I agree. Oh uh, yeah, they are missing out. Uh, it's one, a good but- incentive to show up to the stream actually because like they won't be seeing the fits. <laughs> Or check out the YouTube oh, yeah. or or subscribe to the Patreon when you get early I'll access say the to whole, the videos. The whole team is dripped out today, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing my, like, like it's very cold here. So I'm wearing a jumper, which I normally, you know, not a big, not yeah. a big kind of knit jumper kind of dude. But, I'm, you know. I'm, in, I'm liking a sweater boy arc for Tim. <laughs> sweater boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tim heads are, are going going wild right now seeing, seeing mm. sweater boy Tim. Yeah, yeah, sweeter arc. It's so, Sophie, now that you yes. try to derail, yeah. so we'd have to apologize to you. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow, Sophie, I'm so sorry. Uh, Sophie, what's the most basic thing you did this week? Thank you for asking. I've actually been, um, it's been uh, a few weeks that it's been going on for, but it, it, it came to fruition uh, this week. Uh, I've been growing reishi mushrooms, which are, um, they're called, what are they called? Uh, ling chi in Chinese, or mm. uh, reishi or manantake in Japanese, which means like, 10,000 year mushroom and the Chinese name means like the mushroom of immortality because it's apparently like really good for your health it like boosts your immune system and helps you sleep and stuff Mm. Uh, there are some people who want to like claim that it boosts sex drive I've not I don't think there's studies for that and I don't I wasn't growing it for that but you know people claim a lot of stuff that it does apparently (laughs) so I made some I made some reishi tea and it was it was uh if you have acquired the taste for the very earthy, grassy flavor that a lot of mushrooms mm. have, it was a good tea. If you've not, <laughs> it, it tastes like dirt. Maybe I a have, much. <laughs> but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everybody else. Uh, do you feel yeah. um, more immortal than before you drank I, the tea? You know, I think I do. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I felt, I don't know that I felt especially mortal, but like, I, yeah. I don't feel especially mortal now. So oh, wow. it's yeah. clearly working. I've tried, I've actually tried that tea because in the video game, The Long Dark, 
that's one of the teas that you you can harvest those mushrooms and brew the tea for antibiotic reasons. It's a survival game. So in case you have an infection, you can drink it. And because I'm, I'm such an impressionable person when I play video games that I like have <laughs> to consume what's on in the video game. So I went out and bought some mushrooms, some reishi, reishi, reishi mushrooms and uh, brewed myself some tea. And it was, yes, it's very mushroomy. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. That was actually another most based thing. I don't know if I've already said this, but like, it's not really my thing and it wasn't this week. So it's kind of doubly not the thing. I'll still say it. Uh, a friend of ours is going to Armenia to see the same surgeon that I went to see. And Nat has um, volunteered to go with her. So we're making preparations for that, which is like going to be tricky to be without Nat for three weeks. But also like that's pretty based that she's doing that for our friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That rules. Yeah. Amazing. Sorry, I had to uh, walk away. I've, I had bread in the oven. I'm just, I'm single and I'm baked bread all the time. It's just yeah, really yeah, hard yeah. for me. Get a bun <laughs> in the oven. That's what they say. Um, <laughs> there uh, are buns, actually. I made, I made uh, hamburger buns, so yeah. So oh, wow. uh, that was that's the host and, and the base things we did this week. But Kara, do you want to tell us, because we've actually had a submission. Uh, and before, <gasps> before, before you tell us about it, let me just say, we do want to know, you, the audience, what base things you've been doing. You can message us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, or send an email to based at redplanetshow.com. Uh, include your name and pronouns if you're cool with that, and we may shout it out in a later episode. So, Kira, what has someone from the audience been doing this week? Yeah, so from our, our audience member, Awesomeo Grieve, uh, they say, using leftover wood, I put together a tiny baby raised garden bed and covered it with anarchist-type phrases. There are oh. potatoes in the two ends and flowers in the middle, marigolds and dahlias. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Eat the rich and your veg. Consent mm. in the sheets. Free people, free people. Descent in the streets. Oh, I love that. Hell respect yeah. existence or expect or expect respect existence or expect resistance. Mm. That's awesome. I love that. Look Very at that. Cool. Look at that that pack of pink monster in the background as well <laughs> i noted that earlier and i was like tim is gonna tim is not gonna be able to resist uh pointing uh, out yeah. the it's what the, plants crave the half dozen uh pipeline <laughs> punches um yeah well uh let us know if you've done That's some stuff and we might talk about it on the show like we did just now mm-hmm. so on to the news and the first piece of news i'm going to tell us about uh it has to do with anti-trans stuff in the states so you've been warned uh, Montana House of Representatives censures trans representative while passing anti-trans legislation. So people are aware that for months and years now, uh, Republican states have been trying to pass legislation to try and destroy trans people's lives. This week, as part of this attack on trans lives, Montana state government passed a bill removing trans people from 40 sections of code, effectively gutting all legal protections for them by changing the language to revolve around biological sex, including in spaces where this would make the law nonsensical. Like, like people talk like, Tufts like to talk about single sex spaces, but to be clear, they're very obviously gendered spaces. And it's not like the possession of a vagina or a penis that actually dictates who goes into which spaces. Uh, They're very upset about that idea. But ultimately, that is how people, you know, function like women want a space around women (laughs) to like get changed for the gym or whatever, not a space around people with vaginas. yeah, that's kind of what Montana's put through this week is that's the gist of the, the legal change they've made. There was also a bill um, uh, effectively banning all trans health care for minors. So um, Montana Representative Zoe Zephyr, who is trans, condemned the bill at the start of the session. 
uh, in a speech which told those supporting the bill, I hope next time there's an invocation when you bow your heads in prayer, you see blood on your hands. For this, House Majority Leader Sue Vinton called her comments disrespectful. Oh no, Dis disrespect. Oh no. no. Um, and a group of reactionary ghouls called the Montana Freedom Caucus called for her to be censured, uh, which then made it impossible for Representative Zephyr to effectively do her job or interact with the process at all. Basically, like she wasn't allowed to speak or like stand up to take the floor uh, during the whole session. Uh, oh, oh, because of the, to, um, the Freedom Caucus. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they just love like, freedom. It's wild how freedom has just like, like the word freedom, the connotations, the everything is just like probably one of the biggest like signifiers of a fascist group these days. I've been, right? like, I've been saying this for a while, um, but the guy who made a Statue of Liberty out of the rubble of his house that was destroyed in a drone strike, he said, this is what freedom brought me. And like when he's saying freedom, it's like the same as like these freaks. Like he's thinking of the same, he's thinking about apple pie and Levi's and Bud Light, right? Well, I suppose they're not thinking of Bud Light anymore, right? But like, you know, Coors or some shit. Because um, Bud Light is apparently uh, transgender semen, according to a, a, a tweet that I saw this week, uh, which makes me interested in drinking some Bud Light. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, you know, it's this code phrase, which basically just means like American supremacy, uh, Christian, uh, Christo fascist, white supremacist, like fascist American imperialism, yeah, yeah. really. Like, I mean, I remember when. Like after 9-11 when, uh, you know, McDonald's did the freedom fries thing and it was like this very like goofy, like, I mean, yeah. I'm sure to a lot of patriots, it was like a very <laughs> great, um, you know, incentive, but like outside of America, propaganda. What the uh, like? What is going on here? Like, this is literal parody, and it's only got yeah. worse since then. A, a second nationalist propaganda has hit the gold notches. Um, <laughs> so, um, where were we? Uh, but, but, but adding an insult to injury, they also uh, the Republicans all willfully misgendered Zephyr while she was legally prohibited from responding. Freedom, we love freedom. That's so. That's not just you know uh, bullying in a really ugly and pathetic way. The speaker who silenced uh, Representative Zephyr during this session, Matt Regia, Regia, R E G I E R, sounds like a guy with an address. Uh, skipped the censoring process and used his authority as speaker over both days of the session to silence her. Basically, there is a process that the House is supposed to go through, but the speaker can just like do it on the spot and that's why he did and refused to engage in any kind of proper process uh just to put some horrible anti-trans news all together so we don't have to keep on coming back to this but also hopefully leave on a slightly lighter note missouri anti uh, sorry missouri attorney general andrew bailey also sounds like a guy with an address instated a tip line for people to basically turn in their trans neighbors because that's the level of fascism that the gop is operating at uh while while president biden enjoys another ice cream um it's like it's like to let people know. Blue ice know cream. It's they... blue. Yeah. Well. So think about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. Thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it. Um, so uh, this is basically, it was like an, uh, an online email tip line for people to basically say, I think that they're transing the kids at the local school yeah. or like my, my, my teenager started using pronouns or whatever. Uh, so people responded to it as, uh, you know, as, as ridiculously as it is. So some people said things like, uh, I, I walked past someone in the street and called them them by accident. Um, <laughs> uh, let me just read a little bit from the, 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 the B movie uh, scripts. Yeah. So um, 
Giggity, giggity, this is wrong and immoral, giggity, giggity. Uh, someone wrote under the name Peter Griffin. Um, <laughs> just just reported my dog for being unladylike, said uh, Twitter user Chris Graham. So um, let's, yeah. Uh, bu- 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 so the tip line had to be removed pretty much immediately as people started flooding it with trolling, gibberish, and sincere appeals for the GOP to act like human beings as well as more stuff. Uh, Mad- Mad- Madeline Searin... I'm I'm not doing doing well with these crazy foreign sounding American names today. There's these Americans think they can just have all kinds of wacky names. It's ridiculous. Um, a spokesperson for Bailey is quoted saying, "A far left activists are trying to impede parents' ability to shed light on what happened to their children." Lying liar, lying. Shut up, bitch. It's so wild because it's like far far right, fucking fascists. Uh preventing parents from you know like getting you know like appropriate care for their children it's like... exactly and they're like they're stopping us from finding out what what's going on at the school uh she went on to say rather than standing on their supposed science to back up their facts how are we supposed to do that when you we show you the science and you ignore it and just do a fascism uh they're resorting to trying to hack our system to silence victims of the exact network we're trying to expose. Um, after journalists' inquiries, Siren offered no explanation what hacking had taken place. Presumably, she just means people trolled them. So, uh, in conclusion, cry harder, die mad about it at the end. The whole thing is, like, they set up the, like, they don't have enough evidence of what they're saying actually happening. So they mm-hmm. set up these systems where they're like, give us, you know, give us the tips, like tell them to us or whatever. And then they don't get anything. They get harassed or whatever like that. And they shut it down. But it's like the, I mean, like their whole narrative is that like these things are being hidden from them, that they're trying to expose it or whatever like that. And it's like, it's never enough for them to just not find anything or for it to just not be happening because they're like, well, the whole thing is about, it's, it's a secret agenda and they're trying to blow the lid off it and stuff. So it's like, there's no, yeah, yeah. There's like, there's absolutely almost no like it's like a religion, that. like a cult, you know, like these unfalsifiable <laughs> beliefs are being like propagandized, and everyone keeps clinging to them harder and harder, even if they are thoroughly debunked. It's yeah, like it's... that quote that's like, if if Jews didn't exist, anti Semites would invent them. Oh yeah, but it's like that's the thing though, right? It's like if they um, like yeah, I mean they would they would find something else, you know? It's like and they've always found something um mm. yeah it's fucking it's bizarre it's so like yeah ultimate brainworms probably be relevant to the topic this week when we get to it but yeah i um i feel i've been feeling more and more lately that fascism like that their bigotry is not the reason like it's not it's not even that they hate migrants or trans people or sex workers or whoever like it's just them picking on a marginalized group who they see as vulnerable and then bullying them and then more people join in because they see the bullying is working and like with trans people, it's just like you've got a bunch of people who are going through a second puberty. Like it's it it is pretty equivalent if you were just picking on a bunch of teenagers. And it, and in a bunch of cases, it is literally picking on a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. fucked. Anyway, uh Kira, what's our next story? Oh yeah. Um, so I don't know if any of you recall, but um Manuel Paya Paez Tehran, and I know I'm probably butchering the pronunciation. Um who is someone who was um, killed 
when he was defending the forest from Cop City expanding. Cop City in Atlanta, there's people defending the forest there trying to um, just peacefully occupy so to prevent the expansion of Cop City. Um, police murdered this person. And I, I believe they go by Tortuguita. I hope I'm not mispronouncing this. I sometimes say Tortuguita and they uh, use they them pronouns for the record. So police killed them. Um, but the police, of course, claimed that um, they were defending themselves and Tortuguita was armed and shooting and so on and so forth. Um, so DeKalb County has just released the autopsy results. And turns out, Chad, well, let me first tell you what the police claimed. The police claimed that Tortuguita fired the first shot at the state trooper and then the officers had to respond with gunfire. Um, they also posted a photo of the gun that they claim fired a bullet into one of their officers saying, quote, the handgun is described as a Smith & Wesson M&P Shield 9mm. Forensic ballistic analysis has confirmed the projectile recovered from the trooper's wound matches Tehran's handgun. But, and here comes the autopsy results, uh, Tortuguita did not have any gunpowder residue on his hands or on their hands whatsoever. Um, which uh, when you're, especially if you're like occupying a forest, you're not like this, like where would the gun, the, the, just the gunpowder residue would be there. There's, there's like no way that you could quickly like clean your hands off or anything. Like you're sitting in a tent in the middle of the forest. Yeah. You're um, in, you're, you're in a tent and you've just fired gunpowder. Like you just sprayed gunpowder residue all over the tent you're in. And you're like, I'm going to get shot 57 times now. So I'm going to, I want people to think I didn't shoot the gun, so I'll quickly wipe my hands. Yeah, no. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's wild. And also the um witnesses in the area and stuff all and I think even other cops, um, when quizzed on how many gunshots they heard, the number only lined up with like the cops, like with, you know, like what mm-hmm. um what they had said. So it's kinda like, well, you know, with what they had fired. So yeah, there was always overwhelming evidence that, you know, like he, well, they didn't actually shoot. Mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. For, so for the record, uh, just when, when Sophie said 57 shots, that's not an exaggeration. According to the autopsy, uh, cops inflicted at least 57 gunshot wounds onto their body, uh, including hands, torso, legs, and head. And this is a peaceful occupier of now, the forest. Not- not to get not to get too gory or whatever like it it is it isn't quite accurate to say that means there are 57 shots fired but like it's still obviously a lot of shots like uh there can be multiple there can be at least two wounds from one bullet right in and out but like yeah it's um it's still that's undeniably an enormous amount of overkill like yeah um So Totu Guita's death has been ruled a homicide, according to DeKalb County Medical Examiner's Office. But of course, um, you know, the police are still investigating. Um. Yeah, and we've um, <laughs> we've covered this a bunch of times. And it's like, I think it's important to remember that these are the forest defenders that were um, being labeled as terrorists by the yeah. media. You know, like they were literally people just camping in the forest that the over time, the the newspapers, the the biggest newspaper, who is also like it's owned by a guy that has a financial stake in Cop City, and you know, like a bunch of other just completely wild Classic. things that you know would totally be a 
conflict of interest right stuff um, you would say was a bit far if you like wrote a dystopian movie exactly like if you were right or like just one of those like american dramas about like you know like oh they're building this new thing or whatever like that and you'd want to make them look as evil as possible and like you know uh you would just like invent all these things but it's like no that's actually happening and um yeah and so they just changed they just started referring to them as terrorists and kind of changing public opinion obviously kind of like you know creating this whole narrative um that there were these violent, you know, Antifa terrorists or whatever like that in the forest and that everyone had to be scared and, you know, like they were doing these like terrible things. They were like, I think there was like one case of like, um, there was like um, a kind of like a little bit of a scuffle at one of the barriers or something like that. And then the way that the media reported on it was like just so deranged, you know, like these newspapers saying like that it was like some kind of like, you know, like, they were basically saying it was, like, you know, like, back in the days of, like, the George Floyd, George Floyd um, protests and stuff, like, they were acting like the small thing was, like, this, you know, like, this huge kind of, like, skirmish in the, you know, in the middle of a forest or whatever, but really it was just, like, you know, it was, it was just a protester and a cop or something like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's been this, um, I mean, there's always that kind of dishonest reporting with cops, obviously, but like something I saw this week that really like stuck in my craw was just like, it was reporting on uh, Posey Parker's uh, little fash Nazi rallies. Um, And I think it was the one of the ones in Ireland. And like, like the the facts of what was happening on the ground that you can see from social media uh, is that like hundreds or thousands of people showed up to tell her to fuck off. And there were just barely any people on her side. And unable to find any like any way to you know, and it was peaceful, and they just like chanted that she should fuck off, like unable to say anything else. I saw an article. I I don't remember what it was. It was some you know purportedly like centrist or unbiased thing. It was the the headline was like cops form line between protesters on either side of a toxic trans like debate rally, and it was like. I mean, I can't even recall it properly because it was such a silly and bizarre sounding headline. It's like, why are you reporting that like cops made a line? Like what, what's that? Like also, also maybe you could tell us which way they were facing if you're going to report on which <laughs> one the cops. Because that's yeah. funny thing I've noticed is that the cops always seem to face outwards from Posey Parker's rallies everywhere she goes. So, so yeah. strange. Also like, I, yeah, I hate how they always just, um, refer to shit like that it's like oh you know it's like the trans debate or whatever it's like there's no debate <laughs> like it's not like like even you know posy park and all that they're not there to debate like they're not yeah they're just fucking um yeah fascists which we will get into um you know later in the episode next one we've got is extinction extinction rebellion floods central london with thousands of climate protesters so um yeah so just it was i think it was it was saturday london time right um, yeah that's when it began they've been calling it the big one yeah the big one um so they're they're planning this yeah well they've planned this gigantic protest but they um they have said that they want minimal disruption uh so it's accessible to everyone um and you know bring your kids everything like that to have like you know i guess it's like you know more of sometimes you go to a protest and it's like very much like 
you know, squaring off with the cops. And sometimes you go and it's more of like a festival kind of vibe. It kind of seems like that's the kind of thing that Extinction Rebellion are trying to kind of cultivate um, here. Yeah, it tends to and, be what, um, they, what they like to do at this point. I still, I you know, I revisit, like, there are things that they've done in the past which have been incredibly anti-cop and, like, very well executed. Like I've said before about the big, like, column of people led by the drummers who just, like, forced the cops back when the cops were trying to push them out of the park a few years ago. Now it's just kind of like, let's go and chill out uh, and hang out and do 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 some, you know, various performances, which isn't, I'm not saying that's a completely useless thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, they uh, had support from over 200 different organizations, including Greenpeace and Friends of the Earth. Um, and it was um, it was on Saturday because of, because it was Earth Day. So, you know, yes. happy birthday, Earth. Um, <laughs> we gave you a special day. I can't believe <laughs> we figured out the exact the birthday of, of the planet Earth. That's crazy. So, yeah. Uh, and aside from, you know, just the big the banner waving and they had all these people dressed in red with red veils and, mm. you know, very uh, evocative. But, um, yeah, uh, beyond the Parliament Square, they uh, thousands of activists staged a die-in by laying on the pavement at the mall, uh, aiming to represent the, the potential future extinction of humanity due to global warming. Um, the concept for die-in is like very, very, um, I don't know, it's kind of wild. I've been in, a, I've been in a few die-ins now because of- Oh, uh, really? Like, well, like between um, Extinction Rebellion ones and uh, like trans medicine and like protesting the waiting lists like oh, it's a pretty yeah, common yeah, tactic for for trans people to show up outside like supposed healthcare institutions that are giving us absolutely no healthcare, and then just do a massive die-in yeah i've seen other ones where it's like um people have made you know like just like hundreds thousands of like you know like gravestones or like mm -hmm. you know things like that and just filled like a public space and being like okay yeah. well this is you know like from whatever cause it is it's like this is how many people die every year or whatever like that um which i think can be yeah also really kind of um really powerful you know to see like all at one time um so london mayor sadiq khan said that he passionately passionately believes that this climate emergency has got to be tackled and urged XR to protest in a way that is peaceful lawful and safe i love that like you know the mayor of london is like i passionately believe we're going to do something about this you guys stay safe all right and it's just like man like if only if only our boy sadiq knew someone that was in a <laughs> position of power if only yeah. someone who had like, some level of authority. He's just a small bean and he can't do anything. Poor, poor Sadiq Khan. It's it's so sad. Um, one thing that I, I've seen all, all over London this weekend, which I've, I've really enjoyed is, um, so bus stop ads uh, are like a like paper, like a, you know, a big paper ad uh, inside the glass at a bus stop, right? And uh, when people come to replace them, there's like a little keyhole. Uh, but this is like the same key for literally all um, bus stop ads. And apparently you can just get that key on Amazon. <laughs> so um, a bunch of Extinction Rebellion protesters have, have uh, I think they stole ads from other, like uh, from other bus stops previously. And they've changed them to be like um, climate ones. I've put one into the chat, um, into the uh, group chat. Um, they've like, they, they've changed them to be like climate slogans instead. And honestly, like, um, in some parts of London, it's like you go down the street and every single bus stop has been changed to Extinction Rebellion stuff, which is pretty cool. 
yeah, yeah. It's um, yes, uh, it's uh, cool to see things like that being explored. Like you know, um, like I'm a big fan of um the idea of um, oh, what is it called? Um, there's a there's a French word for it. The um kind of like um, it's a word for taking like they say like you know like taking the tools of the capitalists and kind of like repurposing them for radical means and um yeah a lot of it is around you know like advertising particularly because you know advertising is such like a it's like a such a quintessential capitalist thing that takes up so much space and out you know in public spaces our day-to-day life detournment that's it um ghost is nice. i'm gonna say nice. it's like um, reverse recuperation yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's it's yeah, similar kind of thing. And it's like, um, yeah, I guess like the activists recuperating the um the I guess uh tools of capital or whatever, I don't know. But um yeah, no, but it's um yeah, 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 it's really interesting. Um yeah, there's like a huge history of that kind of thing, like um, you know, like uh taking over billboards and the the little key lock thing is really interesting as well. There's um uh pro pro gamer hack um a lot of tractors and heavy machinery is also the same um yeah, yeah like you know like a lot of companies that will have a standard key for like an entire range of um of, of vehicles of heavy vehicles and you can um, often just get that shit off aliexpress so you know that's that's um, crazy information that i'm sure no one will do anything with uh yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. not anything illegal um mm. i i think the the mayor of london thing as well sorry i just been thinking on this for a second about sadik khan like because it was 420 this week as well right um oh, and i just say and 420 <laughs> in the same week crazy yeah. um and like you know sadik khan has kind of made some posturing about like maybe legalizing weed uh you know within london or or being or the like that he is pro pro legalization uh, he obviously like knows people personally who've been like hurt by the war on drugs but like there were there were met officers like camping out in a big like sting operation at finsbury park this week like knowing that people would take the opportunity of 420 to like go and go and smoke weed in the park like they deliberately like waited at the station and like you know uh obviously targeted a ton of black and brown people especially and it's just like you know if you're if you're if you're if you're pro-legalization and you want to stop this shit like you could tell them, hey, it's all in good fun. We <laughs> yes, there might be crimes, but like maybe you could fuck off. Like you have have take a chill day, you know, and not just like ruin people's lives uh for, for nothing, like for wanting to enjoy the good leaf in the park. Yeah, there's um in uh I actually I'm not even sure if it's been done for a couple of years, but they used to have um a thing, it was called J Day over here, and it was like you know, like everyone would just go to big public parks. Um, there was like a couple in particular that I think it was kind of like designated as like this. These are the places that you know, like in this city, everyone's going to go to like Albert Park or whatever. And um, and the police would kind of be around, but it was very much like turn a blind eye because it's kind of like you know, it's probably too much trouble to actually, you know, like if they if they do start picking on people or whatever, then it's becomes a bigger thing or whatever. So it's like they're there just to kind of you know like facilitate order or whatever that means like, you know not not that i imagine like a bunch of stoners in a park are probably going to start a riot but like <laughs> you know if you do go and start arresting people when a ton of people have gathered together to like d- declare their like right to just smoke some weed and chill out like it's not going to be taken well and also like 
you're gonna like arrest like one or two people and give them like so much of a hard time for the rest of their lives uh with like a hundred other people like you know hundreds of other people like clearly in view who just like run away as soon as they see the cops and you know it's just the unlucky one who gets like those those consequences it's like i don't know i i think it might have sounded like a bit silly what i just said about like the mayor but it's been a thing that has been practiced by um local administrations the world over before like that when they ultimately accept that there's not a particular harm going on and they want to expend their like their resources in more useful ways like i don't know there are a lot of open rape cases that the met police could be could be looking into maybe they could look at some of those uh some of those charges against uh police officers uh, mm. for abusing their families or, or or kidnapping and raping people or some shit like that you know and it's like so they're just like yeah we're just gonna look the other way for this specific thing it is a thing that does happen and like you know that's some that's somewhere where you could really put your money where your mouth is i mean uh, police regularly exercise this when people do call them in cases of sexual assault they will they will they will convince victims to not press charges because you don't want to ruin the rest of his life so and so forth but uh the reverse is oddly true when it comes to like cannabis consumption yeah 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 it's fucking wild yeah i've seen that before like um people like i yeah it's like people that i went to school with that have like actually served time in prison for like you know just like possession and stuff like that which in new zealand is like supposed to be quite rare but it's like i can still you know i still know a couple people that have been hit with it and then uh yeah there's like so often you see like um you know these uh like uh, there's one particularly egregious one where it was like a bunch of young um like they were like children of like lawyers and things like that from up north um did something like 50 or 60 thousand dollars of damage and theft or whatever over like a couple weekends like stealing like it was like boating supplies and shit like that and then they just get like a slap on the wrist so they don't get arrested or anything like that it's just like man like you know it's like these the you know like weed laws particularly um it will like drug laws the war against drugs and stuff like that they're there to uh, persecute minorities in new zealand it's like often maori and pacifica um you know abroad it's you know like black people like asian people it's yeah it's um it's, I, it's, it's I just a got a i just got a copy of joe moham's book uh today and like he quotes um 19th century irish judge uh, irish judge james matthew put it uh in england justice is open to all like the ritz hotel <laughs> yeah, I think that's like one of the best ways I've seen it put. That's really good. That's um, great. Right. I'm going to tell you a little bit about cryptocurrency. Uh, I, I I had a little discussion of cryptocurrency a few weeks ago on the show, uh, and I was saying it is progressing in a certain way. And I, we haven't had our regular updates. I will probably put together another big update on what's been going down for next week or something like that. Um, but for now, um, the US government continues investigating and prosecuting key cryptocurrency figures. Um, I don't have a full list of sources for this, but like the, um, as I said in the previous update, like the gov- the US government has been increasingly concerned with all the obvious crimes that are happening in cryptocurrency. Um, and there are a lot of like, there are a lot of organizations that have like had to cease trading that are like big, big crypto exchanges. Um, the quick, the quick rundown is this. Um, Several key uh, cryptocurrency exchanges knew that they were uh, laundering money for ISIS and uh, let it carry on happening. So <laughs> while charges have not necessarily like, come through for those people yet, um, it seems quite likely that will be something that ha- that we can report on soon. Uh, it's it just seems like it might happen. Um, 
there have been uh i mean as i said already obviously just tons of it is just that they like they don't um they they know that the whole thing is a huge fucking scam sophie it sounds like you hate freedom all right this is deregulation <laughs> this is well this i do i do freedom isn't free okay you just you have to listen to my critics for two minutes. You know I'm a terrible person. I'm a grifter. Sometimes, I hate freedom. I hate women. It's sometimes everyone freedom knows means this. funding ISIS. All right, it's just, <laughs> it just sounds like you just don't like freedom. But in particular, there was a story. Crypto founder Do Kwon indicted in U.S. after Montenegro arrest. Uh, he's the co-founder of Singapore, Singapore-based Terraform Labs. Uh, faces eight charges, including securities fraud and wire fraud. So this is just an example that I've picked out as the uh, U.S. government has be- begun yeah, pro- prosecuting uh, a bunch of people who run uh, crypto exchanges. Um, the other two main things are like, like I said, so many fucking scams and and obviously illegal shit throughout crypto, uh, which we'll I'll, I'll hopefully follow up with a more detailed breakdown soon. Um, there's a lot of like because because. Uh, the key thing to understand here is that the government ruled that trading cryptos, like cryptocurrency, is trading stocks, and which obviously, of course, it is. Um, and a bunch of the, like, basically, the whole crypto community has been pretending that didn't happen. Um, and so, like, a lot of like stock trading law, like, applies to crypto. Um, but you can readily see places where, like, there are accounts that like tweet. Um, uh, you know, a string of emojis like several times a day. And if there's like a green emoji in there, then it's telling people that 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 like tether will go up. And if there's a red emoji, it will go down. And it's like, firstly, that is firstly like on the face of it, that's insider trading. But it's also the reason that they're able to accurately say that kind of stuff is because they're also using wash trading, which is basically when like you can you are selling something, but you like artificially inflate the value by pretending to be a separate buyer and like messing oh, around yeah, with it yeah. that way. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's just like a lot of crime going on, and it yeah, looks yeah, yeah. like it's gonna go badly for them <laughs> imminently. And that was yeah. like huge with um when I mean NFTs still exist, but when NFTs were like a big thing, they were doing that as well, right? Like um, you know, inflating the value by like ha- kind of like handing them to each other in exchange for artificially inflated amounts so that people would look at the purchase purchase history and then be like, wow, it last sold for like. $20,000 and then you could look at like the um the history of that particular token and it would be like okay well it was like passed between these two accounts you know and yeah, it's like exactly yeah 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 and it's like <laughs> oh there's also this like transfer of like you know it's gone from like $10 to 10,000 and it's like yeah. yeah yeah exactly it's um this like it, wallet I mean, it's has of... a history of just like sending the money back and forth between <laughs> these two accounts anyways it's like yeah. it's no wonder elon musk loves crypto so much he probably looked at it and he was just like holy shit an innovative new way to do insider trading these people these guys have really figured out the the game here yeah, um, yeah. Uh, tim speaking do you want to talk about which, france yeah yeah speaking of which uh stock market just you know wildness speaking um, so of we've been... going up yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've been um, following the protests in France for like whew, months now. Um, but yeah, just the other week, they actually, so they've been protesting the retirement age going up by two years. Um, <clears throat> they basically just ignored the gigantic public outcry. I think it was like two thirds of the population were against it. Um, and they just did it anyway. And so um, they are still protesting. They've been planning, um, <clears throat> sorry, 
they've been planning um even bigger protests uh there's one on there's one on may day coming up which they say is going to be the big one that's a big one that cgt union have been pushing but in the meantime they've been doing lots of other little things um so this week um between two and three hundred demonstrators waving flags and carrying flares um occupied euronext which is a huge stock exchange in france and they're chanting, we are here, we are here, even if Macron doesn't, does not want it, we are here. And it's so, which is a popular slogan over there at the moment. Um, <clears throat> they were calling for Mr. Macron to resign, which um, is another popular demand from the protest. Macron! Um, yeah, so, um, and it was, I mean, this was like, this was like in Paris's business district, the main stock exchange and stuff. And they just filled it up with like red flare smoke. And, um, and uh, well, other people around the town were setting wooden pallets on fire. Um, there was, so there's been all this, so many different unions who are striking. Um, rail workers are striking. Uh, they were, so they were holding a peaceful demonstration at the Gare de Lyon railway station. Um, and so they, like the day was, a, they, well, they had referred to the day as the day of expression of railway anger which um, is pretty, pretty great, the railway anger. Um, and yeah, while um, up north in the city of, I think, Lille, or Lille, I don't know, um, the people, the protesters were walking along the railway line, blocking all the traffic, and then left peacefully. Um, <clears throat> there were a bunch of unions together um, doing um, just like a general strike. Well, not a general strike, but just like more like a general railway strike sort of thing which disrupted the trains on Thursday um and a bunch of regional lines and Paris suburban trains were affected uh so yeah um that was all to protest the um the state pension age stuff but um there's also been some other stuff kind of going on um there was like there've been there's there are more environmentally focused protests that was happening on the same day I'm pretty sure where they're building a new um, motorway, the A69, um, and they're they're building a bunch more or whatever, but to do it, they have to cut through like a big old forest. There's like, you know, like in a bunch of environmental concerns where it's kind of like, you know, you're going to chop down the street for another motorway that, you know, we don't really need. The focus should be on actually reducing traffic. Like, they say fewer cars, less tar is one of the big kind of calls for it. But they're just saying in general, like less motorways, um, more kind of focus on, you know, like public transport and all that kind of stuff, like support the rail unions and all that kind of stuff. Um, so to protest this, a bunch of workers have been blocking off the A69 motorway by literally building a gigantic brick wall. <laughs> in the middle of the motorway and it's also like you can see there's like this huge team of um huge team of workers all slapping up this wall they got the spirit level out they're making sure it's you know it's a good quality wall it's not going anywhere um it's it's amazing it's um yeah so um uh i think that's that's a pretty good (laughs) it's a pretty good example of like you know it's like the people that would be building these roads anyway being like no like this is this is not what we want. Um, and so, yeah, so building a big wall instead. It kind of reminds me of those videos of people um, trolling Gmod servers and just like, you know, 
building walls in the middle of roads and then harassing their um the server mods or whatever like that except it's like the mad men did it in real life which um is extremely based that that is a big that is a big beautiful wall it's the most beautiful wall i've ever seen folks i I have to interject um our resident builder handyman uh cell in the chat says um i'll have you know it it was a block wall a A block block wall wall. not a brick wall not a brick wall okay all right then Mm-hmm. absolutely correct um so um yeah so uh that's been what's up in france um and yeah and it's and it's wild because looking at it there are there have been like a bunch of other like little kind of protests and things going on everywhere it's just like at the moment things are all popping off over there it's um it's hard to keep track with the sheer volume of uh of, of civil unrest of um collective action that's happening on over there so um yeah that's that's very it's it's interesting because um yeah they the government basically went directly against the will of the people and um and things are just escalating so it'll be interesting to see what happens on may day which is actually i think um will be the next stream that we have so it'll be um, the day before well for you it'll be oh yeah for me it will be yeah, Day, no. but yeah 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 the the i guess in two weeks time we'll be able to report on it but as yeah, the yeah. the stream is happening tomorrow it'll be poised to happen yeah yeah so um yeah that'll be interesting to see but in the meantime um why don't uh so funny you tell me a little bit more about forensic architecture Sure thing. Forensic Architecture, if you didn't know, uh, is a goldsmiths-based research agency. Uh, they do a lot of investigating into different stuff using data and uh, like city models. And uh, they've been commissioned to investigate some of the cop tactics in Portland from the George Floyd uprisings in 2020. So I'm just going to read some stuff from the from the report, which is to do with something called Tear Gas Tuesday. L- love that. So cool. Let's Let's go. Uh, Despite being broadly banned in warfare under the terms of the 1925 Geneva Protocol, tear gas as an agent for so-called riot control has become the preferred means for police in the US and around the world to clear dissenting voices from public spaces. But the the toxic chemicals contained in tear gas and other widely used chemical munitions can cause serious short-term and long-term side effects from asthma and chemical burns to lung injury and neurodegeneration. Pretty fucked up. Uh, on 2nd of June 2020, the PPB deployed large amounts of tear gas in an attempt to force protesters to withdraw from the streets and squares of downtown Portland, unleashing a highly toxic cloud of airborne uh, of airborne chemicals onto the same citizens it was tasked with protecting. That day would become known locally as Tear Gas Tuesday. So they've done they've used uh, models and they've used um, they've used some like social media data here uh, so that they can model basically like how the toxic chemical cloud was formed and where it spread to and where it's like likely to do the most damage, um, which is pretty cool for like, as a, as an approach to data science, that's pretty cool. But also um, just that they were, that we talked about um, the word has dropped out of my brain, uh, social media investigating. What's the right word for this? Ascent. <laughs> we talked about Ascent before open source inve- uh, intelligence before on the show. And, you know, they have a lot of this comes from people just like them basically getting people's social media videos of the the, the police deploying tear gas, figuring out where those people were at what times, and then piecing together a map of how much tear gas was being used based on those videos. So it's a really powerful deployment of arson, which is really cool. 
Uh, forensic architecture worked with the Department of Mechanical Engineering at Imperial College London to analyze the PPB's use of chemical munitions that day uh, using computer fluid dynamics, CFD, simulation. Our analysis shows how airborne chemical concentrations were in serious excess of recognized safe thresholds, raising important questions about the proportional nature of the PPB's response, their understanding of the potential harms of the chemical munitions that they use, and the risks inherent in how they use them. The findings of this investigation reinforce concerns raised and legal action taken by local activists and civil rights groups to restrict and ban the use of tear gas. Yeah, I mean, it's... um. I think then bringing up the the like the Geneva Protocol is pretty relevant uh, to to get to the heart of this. Like uh, even things that are banned in warfare, right? Um, it's okay for the for the cops to use um, that like an excessive amount of that literally banned uh, uh, weapon, uh, chemical weapon against uh, against you know Amer America's own citizens uh, if the citizens get too out of line. Uh, it's pretty, it's, it's just pretty fucked is kind of the whole story. But um, if people want to check that out, that's forensic architecture. Um, and yeah, you should be able to find it just on, on Google or whatever. We might drop a link in chat too. Um, hey, that's what the other, story. What other Imperial coronations use tear gas? Like police use tear gas against their own people? Uh, I honestly don't know. This is not a rhetorical question. I actually don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether the. I don't know whether the. I'm pretty sure, but I don't know for sure whether the police used it in the, uh, 2010 riots in London. Um, I mean, it's it's like, the so militarization okay. of American police is second to none. So I right. wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it was America only. But yeah. Right. That's what I'm wondering. I wonder if it's America only. Sometimes I lose sight. I lose perspective on these things because I am American and I and and like I. As an American, um, you know, we also have this like complex where we feel like everything is in the world is America like, you know, um, and if not, it's bad. <laughs> but um, like, I, I do wonder if if this is just an America thing. Um, uh, like, Fresno says I've been tear gassed in Denmark. Oh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. OK. Actually, that that makes sense to me because um, when I was reading uh, the autonomous city history of urban squatting by Alexander Vasudefen, the intro thing is about uh, squatters in Holland, I believe. Who? Um, no, maybe it was in Denmark. It was. It was in either Denmark or Holland. That's very useful. Um, who mm -hmm. like were evict? The the squatters were evicted using like the counterterrorism unit. And one of the things that they point out there is like they used quick drying cement to seal all of the exits, and they just like tear gassed the whole oh, building. Oh yeah, my! So God. apparently, um, also used in Turkey, Greece, Spain, Brazil, Venezuela, um, yeah, and United Kingdom as well as the states. So um, yeah, yeah. It, uh, very cool. around. Well, this is just like, you know, from one small article I found. I'm sure there's mm -hmm. more places in the world wow. than just that. But um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, seems pretty, pretty popular. Yep. Everybody loves tear gas. Uh, Kira, mm. do you want to tell us about uh, the next story? Sure. Um, should I go down to my story? Yeah. Um, so uh, this is a bummer of a story, but it's important that we that we talk about it. Um, a black trans woman featured in the hit Sundance documentary Kokomo City uh, was shot and killed in Atlanta. And this was the last Tuesday. Rashida Williams, also known as Coco, one of the trans women featured in the award-winning documentary Kokomo City, was shot to death in Atlanta Tuesday night. Um, and I'm just going to read what the go uh, what what her GoFundMe says, because I think it's it, it it it's pretty well put. Um, so this is such a tragic moment for our family. We lost a beautiful soul to a senseless murder. And to be clear, this is murder. This wasn't like an oopsie daisies. 
Um, this is a murder. Um, so he lost a beautiful soul to a senseless murder. Well known as Scooter, some of you may know her as Rashida or Coco. Coco is well known in the LGBTQ community here in Atlanta. Coco is one of Atlanta's finest and most loving transgender women. Coco had a heart of gold and spread nothing but love and light to those she came across. To know Coco is to love her. She loves your family and friends to the core of her heart. If ambitious was a person, it was Coco. She always had put her best she always put her best foot forward to reach all in which she desired. Coco's greatest goal was to take care of her entire family and close friends. When Coco entered the room, she always brought her beautiful, bright smile. You couldn't help but to embrace her. She cherished her loved ones, and we cherished and embraced her. She chased her dreams as an artist and entertainer. Unfortunately, Coco was shot and killed in Atlanta. Her body was found in the corner of MLK and H.E. Holmes Drive. We are in search of answers. The authorities are working close with the family. <clears throat> And it remains in, in the, the the rest of the GoFundMe says, if you know anything pertaining to this devastating incident, don't hesitate to communicate with the family. Um, she didn't have any, she didn't have any life insurance. So if you, and it's requesting funds to be able to, to, to help. Um, so um, I, I think we can probably put the, go oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for putting the GoFundMe in the chat. So in the, in the, in the Twitch chat and the YouTube chat is the GoFundMe link. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's sucks fucking sucks it really sucks i i, I yeah I, I really don't know what else i could possibly say like we, yet no, another black horrible. trans woman murdered it's just yet another i think that we i think that um it's important for us to both say that like the the gop and far-right project to eliminate trans people is uh a, 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 like a an escalation in towards genocide um and an attempt to like remove trans people from existence but it's also really important to say that for black trans women like that's just been that's been life all along mm -hmm. um uh i mean not all all along like the hit entire history of the human race but like for uh for as long as we've all been alive it's you know mm -hmm. it, this is the 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 um the violent like and, and on a much more like you know directly violent level um mm -hmm. it's deeply it horrible I do want to point out something uh, in the story that I was talking about earlier, uh, where Tortu Guita, who used they them pronouns, uh, was murdered as a force suspender. That was also in Atlanta, for the record. <laughs> so um, a, a highly policed uh, like like city. Um, well, murdering, yeah, like murdering trans communities I, within uh, within that city, extremely yeah. highly policed. I don't know if Tortuguita was uh, was trans, but but it, it I wouldn't be surprised because <laughs> they use they them pronouns, but you know what I mean. So um, this fuck the police, um, please protect our protect your trans comrades, especially our black trans femme comrades who are extraordinarily at higher risk for being murdered just for existing. Yeah. And anyone who tries to tell you that uh, there's a project, there isn't a project to exterminate trans people uh, is is manipulating you in an insidious way uh, for probably their their personal gain. So like, yeah. just I think yeah. there's some, um, yeah, those stories that we covered right at the start about what was happening. Where was it? Um, in Montana, the Montana House of Representatives, like there's no plainer way that you can demonstrate it right mm -hmm. it's like people think of like oh you know like transphobe like you know like proud boys in the street and that's like fascism or something like that but it's like no it's like the the 
bigger project works hand in hand with um with legislation and you know everything like that let's not be mistaken this is a genocide like I, I know we say I could talk about it a lot, but sometimes people are afraid to, to to acknowledge the plain reality of it. There's 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 a hotline to call in if you know someone is trans or at risk of being trans. There's there's trans uh, trans uh, representatives being silenced and then misgendered and then and then just who, who's who have the inability to even speak up on behalf of trans people. We have trans people just being murdered in the streets. Just, just murder them in the fucking streets. Um, and this is not exclusive to America, but in America, it is, it's vile. I mean, don't even get me started on what's happening in Florida. <laughs> we talk about this stuff a lot on stream uh, and on the show, so it's not get. And it makes sense that we yeah. we do because I think with the under the purview of this show, like it's, it's a it's a huge thing that's happening right now, and it, you'd have to be like out of your head to not know that it's happening. Yeah. So. And I don't I don't think there's a way to meaningfully engage with like modern anti-fascism without talking about, you know, like with about trans people and like, you know, the 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 war and the ongoing war against them from the far right. Um yeah, which is like um I know there's like some people that try and like kind of um you know, like they try and downplay it or whatever, you know, you get like people that are like, oh no, you know, like fascism is just about this or just about that or whatever like that but i think don't think there's like any way that you can look at um you know like historic fascism and then you know like modern kind of like you know this modern wave of transphobic fascism and see like a meaningful difference you know like it's it's uh it's the same thing and i mean a lot of the people like i don't know um who is it helen joyce or whatever who who've written who've written books in the gender critical movement here, like they're like, I'm bringing up Helen Joyce because her book as an example, like has a bunch of like, and here are these Jewish billionaires who are secretly funding the whole trans project. And it's like, it, if it weren't enough already that they're using all of the same rhetoric and all of the same like tricks as they, as fascists always have, like the anti-Semitism is right there as well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's all kind of part and parcel of that. Um, Holy which, shit, Sophie's, um, Sophie's getting billionaire funded. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wish. Yeah, it's uh, wild. <laughs> Even down here, um, we get people making accusations against, um, you know, like trans people being funded by like billionaires or millionaires or whatever. And like, but like, you know, like they'll just say that they're getting funding, funding from like famous New Zealanders or whatever. And it's like, man, like, you know, it's like, I know that guy, he does not have the money, you know, he's like, he's a New Zealand celebrity. He's not like, yeah. a, you know, he's like, would I, would I be, would I be like freaking out about having like um, a thousand pound a month, like tax bill, if I was getting billionaire fund, if like, if, if George Soros was paying for me to have big fat titties and a dump truck ass, like, would I, you know, ha- would I be asking for people's donations online if that were happening? Come on, like. That's a wild yeah. thing. And I've, I've seen people talking about this online recently as well. Like the idea that there is like this super well-funded trans lobby that is like, you know, it's like George Soros, a painless trans lobby. But then, um, you know, like there's so much and there's like so many of these groups that we've talked to uh, or like movements that we've covered on here where it's like it really just comes down to like a bunch of poor people like working class people that are just doing the work themselves and if they weren't doing it no one else would be you know um like um yeah like I saw someone talking 
about this on Twitter just I think just last night and specifically mentioned um there's a woman I can't remember her name um Erin something who keeps track of all the anti-trans legislation that comes out Aaron of the Reed. yeah Erin Reed and it's like if, it, if she wasn't doing it no one else would be doing it you know and it's like she's the you know the trans person that is just like putting in the work herself to fill this gap and it's like there's no you know and then like the transphobes get these like you know they they they're giving each other grants they're getting front page stories and like in all of the major kind of uh, newspapers and stuff and it's like and then they're you know they're scared of this like this trans lobby it's like yeah i'll probably say this again like a couple of times through this this specific stream because we're talking about anti-fascism but like also like you go to these demos you look at the the like you know posy parker side or, of it or whatever it's like all cameras because it's just a peop- a bunch of people who are like making content at each other in a circle and it's like they just want to have the juiciest content like it's really pathetic there was um at the posy park one in here there was like a handful of people that on the you know on the fascist side that just had those like um those things that like they go up with the 360 cameras all around them and just walking around it's like and this is like like they've invested in this this is like their thing they're trying to capture as much content they want to get everything um fortunately it's like uh, in the time in the case of a lot of you know like fascists or whatever their footage worked against them in some cases because um you know they they were trying to spin certain things about like oh you know like the the violent trans people, whatever like that. There was one particular video, which it was pretty rough. It was, um, uh, there was like a short video of, it's like an elderly woman who was a gender critical woman who got punched in the face. But then like through their own footage, you see her earlier, like, well, like, you know, seconds before and she's going up and she's pushing people around and all this kind of stuff. And this young person that is like, obviously like very like, you know, like startled, like hits her back, you know, like after she has already kind of like come at a bunch of people and stuff. Ba- bashed back, you might say. It could be an interesting phrase to explore. Like, I mean, and it's like, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how our self-defense kind of laws go, but I think like if that was in America, you would absolutely, you know, like if she had done that thing, you would be, you could shoot her and, you know, you'd be fine. So it's like. <laughs> in certain states, think, yeah. Yeah, I think we should probably curtail this for now and go back to it in a second because there's like more stuff to talk about uh, uh, with relating to like the, the trans demos and anti-fascism. And we'll definitely spend a, a while on it through the rest of the show. But for now, I'm just going to say there's one more uh, piece of news. Uh, comrades yes. of the show, which we leave this section until the last, but the comrades of the show, Just Stop Oil. If you remember, we had... Um, one of the founders of Just Up Oil on the show a few weeks ago, uh, crashes a world snooker championship, jumping on the table and covering it in orange paint, uh, powder paint. Uh, <laughs> Margaret Reed, 52, and Eddie Whittingham, 25, were arrested for this. Um, so this is interesting for a few reasons. Firstly, like you see a bunch of right-wingers being like, they're dangerous terrorists, uh, which is like, the um the they 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 interrupted a sports game and then they, I mean, if you, if you consider snooker sports. I don't know what that word means, by the way. That doesn't exist in America. It's like pool. Okay, it's pool. Pool, pool or billiards or whatever they say. Yeah. Uh, 
Tim thinks uh, America is like um, 19th century Britain. Uh oh, it's like a weird thing. Everyone says pool over here, but then if you go up north and like the North Island and stuff, it's all like you they know, say billions. billions or whatever. Like that. And That's it's wild. like, so I don't know. Like, who says, yeah. who says pool? Um, I'm, I'm, receiving in, I'm receiving information from our George Soros agents right now. Uh, <laughs> telling you the, the match was delayed by 40 whole minutes. Clearly, this is terrorism. This but is I was going to say, 9/11, like, as far as I love how people like, really the photo just standing around like, Hmm. yeah yeah like they're just like okay well we'll wait for this to get dealt with because they know it's going to get dealt with like um but yeah the there are people calling them so dangerous hot. or whatever and like the, the the this like powder paint is stuff that you use at like you know holy festival or whatever it's stuff that's like literally sold for children to use like it's not dangerous in any in any way they didn't like attack anyone they just jumped up on the table and like <laughs> told everyone hey the planet's dying we should stop that um yeah, so it, it's it's pretty interesting. I saw an interview with some Just Up Oil representatives following on from this, uh, basically saying that like they'd gotten a lot of flack in the media for previous uh, demonstrations that had like interrupted people's like commutes or people like traveling around, like blocking roads and stuff, and this had like evoked pretty angry reactions from people who are just trying to like get where they're trying to go and like often those people are you know driving a, a fucking four-wheeler and they it, it, you know if you look in it turns out that they run a, like a jet ski business or some shit right but like nonetheless the image of like them trying to interrupt the general public and the general public being f fairly reasonably annoyed at them right uh uh wasn't really like wasn't a strategy they felt was working so they've kind of switched up to uh disrupting things like that you know where 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 power is held so this is part of um that strategy uh particularly focused on the media right now uh and crashing like crashing live events so that they can like get on tv and directly tell people live we got to do something about this yeah, yeah and the um the the head of like the I don't know some world snooker thing or whatever. Some some dude Barry, an old mate Barry, is like he's like trying to get people to like basically trying to start a lawsuit against a guy in particular, where it's like they're trying to get all the people, like all of the athletes and all of that kind of stuff, just to get together and all collectively sue this um this one guy but um so a lot of people are in on it but then there, there have actually been a couple of people that you know like uh professional snooker players that are there that have just been like actually no i think you know it's it's fine i think like you know i totally agree with them and it's like it's you know like eh, whatever you know <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. yeah 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 which i think is like interesting because um yeah absolutely yeah anyway um so oh, yeah. today's show shall i uh, let's I'll, I'll intro we don't have a guest this week it's just gonna be a discussion episode but um so uh self-described theocratic fascist matt walsh was uh premiering his film uh what is a woman uh i forget where exactly but anti-fascist uh activists uh crashed the dem like crashed the event um forcing people to leave through one, like only one entrance uh, by spilling marbles all over the floor so people couldn't run away through any of, any of the other exits. Uh, and then that one entrance that they'd forced people through had like a gauntlet of activists uh, shaming them for supporting uh, the, the trans genocide that I, in my original draft of this intro, I was going to explain more, but I realized we've kind of covered it in adequate detail already. Um, pretty based, right? Uh, and yet the majority of the reporting on this is right-wingers losing their whole shit. Uh, and you don't see, uh, it, it, it and, and not, uh, people 
reporting on how this is a defense against uh, the trans genocide that's going on. So I want to talk today, I, I, want, I want us all to talk today about anti-fascism, but specifically I'd, I'd like for us to have um, a, a discussion that balances between uh, the, the practice of anti-fascism that, is, that has come to be known as Antifa and the things that everyone can do uh, to stop fascism in, in whatever position they hold in society. Because if the media were reporting on this in a positive light, a lot of people would very naturally agree with what the media were saying. They, and not because, you know, the media brainwashes us all, but because like, because, uh, well, as we discussed earlier, they have to write headlines that are like police find, form a line between rival sides of the trans debate demos, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, I think like for a lot of anti-fascism. people, yeah, especially older people, um, they probably think that like anti-fascism is kind of like this, like, historical kind of like relic thing like they don't they probably don't even like there's like a lot of people out there that wouldn't um you know like they wouldn't realize that it's like a thing that you know is like is done or as people don't you know because if you were to like listen to the media or watch you know the newspaper whatever like that you just see like okay these like antifa anarchists are just like you know doing like torching yeah. buildings for no good reason yeah, yeah. they just, um, they smash just love up. chaos because yeah. they're anarchists and that's what anarchy means by the way we <laughs> yeah, just of course. Chaos love chaos things. it's just really yeah. fun for you as an anarchist um, that is my favorite thing yeah 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 just the, just the you know just love disarray just you know like no i see no no cooperation with anyone just destroying. if i see a if i see a dumpster that's just full of like human excrements and like brand new P- PS5s, and it's just been set on fire. I say, this, this is the future that I want. This, this is, is what I've been advocating for. Yeah, yeah. This is anarchy mm-hmm. right here. Sometimes yeah. I uh, open up a bottle of, uh, or a box of cereal and I just like pour it onto my kitchen floor. Yeah. I, I yeah. love that's anarchy to me. And I, I absolutely. Love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then who has to clean that up? You know, you, the, the, the working class of your own kitchen. And it's mm. like, it's, it's crazy what Antifa did to your kitchen there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean, so, yeah, like obviously, like uh, so the average Joe might not, um, you know, like they might not understand, like they might not see, um, you know, like the kind of rise of nationalism and far right populism that is, you know, it's 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 happening. It's been happening for a while. It's um, it's kind of um, you know, there is like this this arc of fascism where it moves through well generally moves through certain phases and stuff and um through you know anti-fascist research study and you know publications and stuff we can we can learn from that and we can look at it and be like oh okay well you know like this is this is where we're at now and this is where they're trying to take us and um you know and so that's why uh all forms of anti-fascism stuff are important to learn about because um yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of historic and contemporary um anti-fascist movements that we can learn a lot from and yeah. um that's, but maybe let's talk about let's talk about the, uh, like uh, anti-fascist demos as they're currently uh, done today uh, as kind of a starting point, right? Um, so I think that I think that some people um, are inclined to think that Antifa is an is an organization, and I'm saying it like that for a reason, right? Is this is this radical terrorist organization that people like get radicalized online and then they go and join it? It's it's like a domestic version of ISIS, uh, only what they want is for everyone to be transsexual and uh take drugs um and then and then you form like an intimidating mob of of uh black block and you go and intimidate all of the the white parents and the small business owners um 
but the but you know even besides the exaggeration right like there, there's a crucial thing to understand which is that like antifa is not an organization in the way that um when we talk about cgt or or even just up oil like these are organizations where like people have people hold regular role roles in it and they have meetings um whereas antifa like anti-fascist uh assembly is called like anti they're even called anti-fascist assemblies because it's the act of assembling together is their primary existence um it's 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 people who live local to an area being alerted to uh fascists trying to organize trying to hold rallies or whatever and then getting together to to say no um as for as for being intimidating it's like pretty understandable why they're doing that because fascists are bullies and bullies are also cowards uh so the thing about fascists is if you outnumber them and keep on outnumbering them and keep on like doing so in a way that they understand is intimidating they will fuck off and that's yeah, a yeah. good thing because and there's we don't yeah. want fascists around like i mean you know uh so we'll probably talk a little bit more about like the idea of like the black block later but it's kind of like the um you know there's i guess there is like that kind of strength in having a unified presence you know like all looking the same there's um you know there's kind of like operational reasons why doing that stuff is a good idea but i think that like lends credence to people like kind of thinking like this is a big organized thing they have like a uniform or it's like no it's it's not like a uniform it's just like a common way of dressing and um yeah and we'll probably talk about that exactly why a little bit sure. later but also but, um, like a lot of the biggest anti-fascist actions in history like the biggest uh counter demos by like local anti-fascists haven't been in black block they've been people who have like uh, the Battle of Cable Street is an anti-fascist, um, uh, you know, date in, in London history. Uh, basically, the the like largely Jewish community and then like a- allies to the community uh, came out in response to Oswald Mo- Oswald Mosley and the British Union hat of fascists um, trying to do- hold a march uh, through East London, and it became a, like a huge uh, street battle. Uh, people were like throwing bricks and shit, and good because fuck Oswald Mosley, what a fucking yeah, yeah. loser. Um, if we um yeah like i mean if we're gonna go through like a kind of uh history of um you know like anti-fascism or whatever uh-huh. like that name is gonna come up a couple of times i'm sure <laughs> mostly yeah 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 he was um yeah mostly was yeah. kind of a real fucking dweeb um yeah. like directly inspired by the nazis just saw what the original original nazis were doing was like that's cool we should have more of that uh, and then he and his buddies all dressed in the finest M&M, M&S menswear range, uh, like a bunch of fucking dorks, because fascists always look like a bunch of fucking dorks. So they're all there in their, uh, you know, black turtlenecks and shit, um, because they decided to be the black shirts uh, in, in in parallel with the Nazi brown shirts. Um, you know, but the thing about Oswald Mosley is that it's 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 well remembered that everywhere he went local communities showed up to tell him to get fucked uh in liverpool when he tried to speak there uh his crowd was massively outnumbered uh in the in the thousands and like someone fucking threw a i think i, I think it was a rock not a brick i don't know they, yeah. someone threw something very hard and hit him in the head like, uh, pretty, yeah. pretty good stuff yeah, um, yeah. Maybe we should and, start by talking about some historical examples because then we can just go from Mosley straight into like you know like some of the groups that kind of like opposed to um 
to fight back um yeah because like obviously there was just like just regular folks that you know were getting together and stuff but um so you know like there's like antifa as like the concept but then there have also been like organized anti-fascist groups that like you know like um i guess before the concept of antifa as like a you know like a blanket term or whatever like that um so yeah so mosley and his like you know british union of fascists these are guys that were like you know nazi sympathizers um before the end of the war and then you know like after the war they kind of came back to england and there was like in england at the time there was a lot of kind of like disenfranchised people and shit they were like okay well you know we don't feel any better off or whatever so guys like mosley were kind of taking advantage of that to kind of build these fascist movements or whatever but um yeah one of the um one of the kind of most well-known groups that organized around um around that time uh formed in the mid 40s was uh who people probably know like this is probably one of the, like the most famous groups and i i'm not sure if they're the origin of like the term deplatforming or if it's just like the the famous example was the um the 43 group that were formed in england um set up by a bunch of jewish ex-servicemen so they got back from the war they got home from you know fighting the nazis and they get home and there's like you know a bunch of homegrown nazis saying they're gonna you know like wipe out jewish people living in england and you know kick them out and they were you know like uh, mostly in his crew were like basically staging like violent attacks on jewish people just living their lives they were holding public rallies so doing all kinds of stuff the kind of shit that you know people are doing with trans people right now you know and um, they were, you know, trying to have these public debates. And then when they were getting kicked out of public, they were hiding private debates. So people were, you know, like, well, you know, it wasn't really debates, though. Right. Um, so the 43 group got together as a bunch of them, a bunch of um, really well-known um, soldiers that won a bunch of medals or whatever like that. Um, and famously, also the 17-year-old Vidal Sassoon, the hairdresser, um, who, you know, like went on to you know be the vidal sassoon guy yeah. i guess yeah. um, i saw a, and, i saw a sassoon salon the other day yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so famous um did also go on to be um to join the idf and fight in the arab israeli war so you know like you know well, <laughs> there's always yeah, a well. there's always a but <laughs> but um uh yeah so but um the 43 group they started because there was a place um there was like a jewish community center called maccabee house um in london and they the first meeting um there was 43 of them and so they were like all right with the 43 um and so yeah kind of this like inglorious bastards kind of like collection of you know like soldiers and all that um and uh yeah, so they um they expanded super quick. They ended up getting a couple hundred um you know within the first couple of meetings um and not not all strictly Jewish people whatever. Obviously, the initial group was all you know uh, almost exclusively Jewish, but then they kind of like you know started picking up a lot of other people that came back from the war, and they were just like we didn't you know we didn't go over there to do that to come back for this sort of thing, um and um yeah and so and a lot of communists as well like. Oh, yeah huge amounts of um of communists and all of that good stuff um and a lot of in fact that was like Sorry, i was just getting the... some water but i wanted to comment on british brain for a second i was on the tube the other day because what you've just read out right is a 
is a like the most perfect clear and righteous example of like we did not fight over there so that this would happen right literally they were fighting fascists who want to kill jews they come home there are fascists who want to kill jews they're like no 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 we didn't fight over there so this, i was on the tube the other day and this old woman was talking to her husband and she was complaining about people who had kind of dressed slutty like they'd seen someone who was <laughs> yeah, like yeah. showing a lot of skin and she said to her husband like what did we even fight world world war ii for and I'm just like, yeah, because Hitler famously like wanted everyone to be as slutty as possible. That was his mm-hmm. number one policy. Like, that's the why do we even fight against the the Nazi sluts? Well, I think it's like the you know the things because we we definitely hear that over here as well. And it's like the idea of like the the British way of life or the New Zealand way of life. And it's like we went over there to fight to preserve our way of life. And it's kind of like, well, you know, like I hate to break it to you, but that's absolutely not what you know like any of these wars have been about um you know like it's just you know like the romanticization or whatever like that the idea of you know like we we fought for our freedoms it's like no you absolutely no no you didn't your granddad didn't whatever um anyway uh so yeah so uh so yeah so they um they started they published like a little newspaper and everything and um they were collecting you know, like info from, you know, like um, basically the same as like modern anti-fascist groups do, you know, except like these days we have social media and stuff like that. But they were like publishing these things in a local little newspaper that they were putting out being like, you know, this is who this guy is. He's fucked. Like he's not welcome in our neighborhood or whatever. Um, You know, things like that, which is like, uh, and they also tied it into like kind of global movements, you know, being like, this is what, you know, the fascists are doing over there. And this is why, you know, people shouldn't allow it. This kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And they even, uh, they, like, this is like back in the forties and stuff like that. And they were like reporting on like what was happening in South Africa, you know, like in apartheid and all that kind of shit. So, which is like, you know, like pretty based, um, especially for the time, you know, like, I mean, Yeah. Um, and this is like a wor- world without the internet so it's like you know to even like be finding out all this information and stuff like that is just you know so wild um and so um and it's kind of yeah but one thing that is like really um you know like repeating a recurring thing with organized anti-fascist groups is that they actually did get a lot of pushback from like um the kind of like center left or mainstream left and everything like that there's like a lot of people that like considered them to be um yeah too radical too extreme like even yeah people calling them terrorists and like saying like this is guerrilla <laughs> warfare or anything like and things like that but it's like the thing is like mostly in that they were already out there picking the fights they were already out there attacking jewish people so this was like community defense right yeah and, and um, like if you accept that and you you should accept that like the the state is not going to intervene to stop the fascists in a meaningful way like you know that there's no other defense against them right it's like then then debating stuff in parliament or like lobbying a local mp or whatever is not going to stop them uh like they if they were faced with like you know the the state against them then like they wouldn't they would back down immediately because again fascists are cowards but like they they're not going to be right and it's like it doesn't i i hope that this doesn't need explaining i i put my first note as the in the show notes today, it's just like Antifa is based. It's based to be Antifa. Uh, the, none of this will be a discussion about whether it's okay to be Antifa. If anyone in the chat uh, should be a low bar, but anyone in the chat who who wants to have that discussion can have that discussion somewhere else, or well, preferably not at all. 
so um yeah but some so some of the things that uh they were doing were um the 43 were so they would um they would aside from just you know like confronting the black shirts when they saw them in public and stuff they would try to disrupt as many of oz Oz, um, Oswald Mosley's uh, speeches as possible because he would, um, you know, get up, you know, like the classic kind of speaker's corner thing where you get up and like talk to a crowd just in a public space, you know? So they'd set up at little like markets and things like that. And um, yeah, and one thing that they would do is they would literally... They would, they would set up a platform and he would stand on it and he'd do his thing or whatever like that. And like, so one really famous case was um, where they saw him talking and a bunch of the 43 guys were there and they just thought, okay, cool. Let's, you know, let's sneak around. They snuck around to the side of the stage and each kind of like took a corner and just literally just deplatformed them and just like flipped them <laughs> over onto the ground and then just kind of dispersed among the crowd yeah. or whatever, which was like a really um, famous moment. But yeah, so you see, you see Milo Yiannopoulos like, or whatever today complaining about deplatforming and it's like, my guy, you're lucky that people like just mm-hmm. talked to the venue owners and told them to stop, like, to not let you in. Like, mm-hmm. deplatforming used to mean shoving you off a platform. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like they were doing things like that. They were, you know, like pelting him with things or whatever and just like making, making him and his voice feel unsafe, you know, to do the thing, which is, you know, it's, it's based to make fascists feel unsafe. Fascists so what they feel yeah. unsafe. Yeah they started doing private meetings and um so they would do these you know like these meetings where they would be like okay we're going to meet up at this you know hall or whatever like that meet us there and then so they just started the 43 would just go there as well you know and at this point they had hundreds of members so they would be like outnumbering all of the fascists and like you know even if they didn't get let in they would wait outside and you know like kind of you know tell them what's up have a polite word or two yeah 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 yeah. they started doing ticketed events you know and they were um you know so you would only get one if you were like you know a legit fascist or whatever it was Uh a private event you know so but because they had people that were kind of like you know like uh like moles inside the organization they were able to get copies of the tickets which they then mass produce (laughs) so they would just show up to the events and you know they'd expect like oh you know there's going to be like 50 to 100 fascists or whatever and then you know all these people would show it and then after a while they'd be like wait a minute we didn't have this many tickets and before they know it like literally everyone there is like an anti-fascist and you know and this was causing problems because they would have to they would be turning away people that would be showing up that would be actually fascists but you know because the you know like the hall was already full because all the anti-fascists got there early so um you know they just made it like impossible for them to organize and um you know and this is yeah once again this is before the internet so they didn't have message boards to like share their ideas or anything like that they had to have these meetings so doing this was like legitimately just just stopping them from organizing and disrupting the whole thing um yeah, so this is carried on. Um, Mosley uh, was eventually kind of, I guess, like uh, his ability to organize and, you know, rally support was uh, temporarily, um, uh, yeah, just completely taken away from him. So he, um, yeah, so when he kind of, when he faded away for a little bit, the group eventually just kind of like voluntarily just shut up shop. Um, I think in the 50s, they were just like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this threat has passed for now. So we'll just kind of, um, you know, like we're all going to go our separate ways. And then they, uh, yeah, they disbanded. 
Um, there's like I think there's um there's a couple of like monuments to them around like at um at you know like um oh cool kind of well known uh, Jewish spots. I didn't know that. I'll have to go seek those out. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like there's like some historical society that has kind of like set up a couple of things. Um, but yeah, and uh, so yeah, but then a little while later, um, there was um, so Mosley and a bunch of others did end up kind of making a little bit of re- resurgence, um, you know, and there's yeah, like it was kind of like an ongoing thing, but um, and then much later, a couple of decades later, another group actually uh kind of stepped up the 62 group um, ah. inspired by the 43 but actually named because they formed in 1962 um, uh, i was gonna say like cooler they've got more guys to begin with but no no <laughs> yeah, yeah. a shame so um but this one was like um it was uh you know like it was a it was a jewish group it was strictly jewish group but they did work with other um other immigrant groups and everything like that but um it was they they said it was like really important for them just to stay as like a jewish kind of run group um and uh yeah they were you know another group where they were like actually kind of doing direct action against fascist groups um because there was um there were groups there were a whole bunch of groups in london at the time that were um you know basically organizing against immigrants and jews um so you know like uh so they were just like look okay we need to you know we need to organize and it's important for us as jews who have historically you know like we've been through all this kind of stuff like that so we need to have like an organized jewish yeah. resistance force it's um, worth it's worth saying like in the in america they had the swinging 60s in the uk we had like their storming 60s like fascists <laughs> yeah. fascists popped off over here yeah 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 it's wild it's like um there was so um yeah part of what the 62 did was they actually exposed kind of like uh, a conspiracy of like actual connections between the far right and legitimate like actual nazis like this was in the 60s but you know nazis that had kind of you know like survived the war and um yeah yeah and like they even like there was um some undercover 62 group members were going to um uh, meetings by a group in um brighton called the northern league that actually had like legitimate surviving ss officers meeting there with you know with the local kind of neo-nazis um yes yeah, so they went on for years doing the um you know the typical kind of direct action anti-fascist stuff um eventually wrapping it up sometime in the 70s but um yeah like both kind of the same kind of vein you know and like definitely like the 62 group was kind of founded um to pick up the mantle of the 43 um yeah super interesting because i find that um i think that you know there is like um there's such a tradition of uh in particular jewish anti-fascism that um i think it's like you know there's um this kind of um you know from uh, people that you know went through the Holocaust and stuff like that there's like a kind of like uh almost like a split where there's like you know like the Jews that are like um very like you know like the Hasidic Jews and stuff like that that are very like opposed to you know like violence in a lot of cases and stuff and they're just like no like um you know we we do like we carry on our um very well you know it's like they've actually created new traditions 
to of like non-violence and things basically to be like we are you know like god's chosen people and we have to do this we have to you know we have to go this way we have to um stay true to our kind of like you know our faith and all this kind of stuff and then there's like you know this other side that are like that are like okay well you know as jews the most important thing for us is to stop the you know the murder of other jews and stuff. i mean that's the most important to like both of them and stuff like that but they're like but instead of you know like instead of kind of like you know trying to cloister ourselves away into this community they're like no we need to actually get back and we need to fight back directly you know like um like direct action and you know like um i would say you know like a, a lot of groups shy away from you know like violence and direct action and stuff like that but it's kind of like like in a lot of the stuff that i've read by um you know people that were associated with these groups at the time they were like there is no there is no violence we could commit that would not be kind of um you know that that would not be uh um kind of justified self-defense to what we have been yeah. through you know yeah which um yeah, because yeah, like, like which which ties back to what I wanted to bring this back around, like the idea of bashing back. Like if um if fascists make it clear that what like what their ultimate project is is to like completely wipe you out and have you exterminated as a people, stop you living your lives and like make it just impossible for you to exist, like well, you know, it's it it, it at first, like the, the, the initial point is like uh, anti-fascists have always organized under like you know bashing back it's always a retaliatory thing against like fascists want to wipe out this group of people we're gonna we're gonna bash them back uh which is i i, I keep on bringing this this phrase up just because like um one of the most common things today uh, about antifa being so scary radical terrorist org or whatever is that they're intimidating and violent and it's like only towards people who are trying to intimidate and be violence towards uh minorities you know it's it's yeah i also wanted to say what you're saying about like um uh certain jewish traditions being like um peaceful and non-violent uh there was a couple of episodes of or three episodes of um cool people who did cool stuff by magpie killjoy uh where they talked about sholem schwarzbard which um his name literally translates as blackbeard uh, the the episodes are called uh, Sholem Schwarzbard, the Jewish Jewish assassin who ruled. Uh, basically, like he, yeah, like his story is pretty interesting, and like he basically like killed a lot of anti semites, and um, and there was a, a really interesting part of that where like people who were religiously nonviolent, even as they were being like uh, attacked, like literally directly attacked. Um, yeah, it's like they they like even though they were being directly violently attacked, there were people who are who are saying no, we'll just we'll just pray and hope that this we we you know we pass through this. We're not going to fight them. But crucially, like Sholem Schwarzbard was like uh, alongside those people, and when he was like, "That's cool, but I'm going to kill them," <laughs> they were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they were like, "Okay, we will pray for you also." <laughs> Yeah yeah. <laughs> like, yeah yeah totally um there's um there's a tv show called hunters i'm not sure if anyone's seen it it's um it's like a robert de niro one um set in like i think it's like yeah like the, the 70s or whatever and it's like kind of emulating that kind of like grindhouse exploitation style sort of thing but it's um it is about operation paperclip it's about um so it's about how america resettled a bunch of nazis 
into America, gave them a bunch of really great jobs. So they got involved with NASA and politics and all this kind of stuff. It's obviously like it's it's very. Well, we have to reach across the aisle. We can't just we can't just yeah, dehumanize yeah, exactly. people. We can't just be like Nazis deserve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and these are probably the guys that were hanging out with the the Northern League in Brighton. But um, yeah, the show it's like you know it's like obviously like hyper violent and very like you know there's like it's basically this group that uh just uncovering this conspiracy that the government you know like the government said they didn't do this these things they said that all the nazis were gone but they secretly kind of resettled them and they're, they're finding all these nazis and they're hunting them down it's a it's a good group led by um some kind of holocaust survivors that are you know hunting down these jews in america and then undercover this this big uh, conspiracy but there's like this one line when um you know this young kind of like idealist jewish kid the main character he says to robert and Nero's character he's like this is you know like this is um what he says like this is this isn't revenge this is murder because this kid didn't you know he didn't live through the holocaust and Nero's character says he's like this is not murder this is mitzvah <laughs> it's like fuck that's oh, based fun. that's so fucking yeah. cool yeah, I mean, I'm kind of surprised there honestly isn't more uh, media about not like Nazi hunters because I find that to be in the same way as like cowboys were only really a thing, uh, like you know, Wild West sh- sh- shoot 'em up cowboys were only really a thing for about ten years or so. Like, there's a, there's a little period of history where people were like hunting down Nazis, and there are like interesting tensions to play with if you're like telling a story because like some of these people were like uh you know from israel and like you know famously like eichmann uh stood trial in israel right and like um uh some of the nazi hunters were trying to take people to israel to you know face trial some people were not like you know would would refuse to like work with israeli authorities in that way because they were against what israel was doing to palestinians like it's um there's yeah there's a lot to play with there it's it's kind of interesting like again to kind of draw the the cowboy analogy like you got you got your guy who's like no i'm he's not gonna stand trial you know yeah, <laughs> so yeah definitely yeah. some nazi yeah, hunters do it like that yeah like the inglorious bastards kind of thing where it's like oh yeah cool like you know like right at the end where they're like well you know they're gonna take you and they're gonna reintegrate you and you know without that uniform nobody's ever gonna know that you're a nazi exactly so we're gonna right. give them a way that everybody's gonna know you're a nazi exactly <laughs> so, right. swastika on his forehead but um yeah no yeah uh totally and i think it's like um you know like a lot of people can like you know a lot of people will like make out that like kind of that i guess like that kind of anti-fascism is like counteracts you know like other leftist positions like you know like like prison abolition and stuff it's like how can you agree with prison abolition when you know like there's um you know like if you believe everyone can be recuperated what do you you know like why i I don't i don't believe fascists can be recuperated is my (laughs) yeah it's like like I don't know. Like that's the, my, that's I think my there's like that, the, you have to take into. I think you have to take the idea of like a uh, community harm and like the you know into the question sort of thing like that, where it's kind of like this person, you know, an, an SS officer or you know like a group of SS officers allowed to organize and stuff is like a far greater danger, you know. So um, yeah, like even yeah, if you yeah. believe, even if you believe whichever Nazi can be re- like rehabilitated, it's like. To quote, to quote a great uh, socialist theorist, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few for the one. And like, uh, fucking Nazis being allowed to carry on being Nazis is is against the needs of like all of humanity. <laughs> 
Um, there's probably some great, there's probably some, like, uh, one thing that I, um, I really liked about the, um, the, you know, this is getting very nerdy now, but the, the remake of the Wolfenstein series, um, the New Order, New Colossus, and Youngblood, there's some, like, really amazing and, like, also quite nuanced views in that, um, you know, you play as these, like, anti-fascist, this anti-fascist group that, um, all, you know, come from different backgrounds from, you know, like, all over the place and stuff, and you do get these, like, different perspectives and stuff. There's, like, some really, um, there's some really amazing conversations in that where it's, like, they've kind of recreated the main character, BJ Blaskovitz, I think his name is. Yeah, he's this, um, you know, he's, like, this, um, he's a the child of a Polish Jew and an American, um, you know, and he's uh, kind of like in those games reframed as this kind of like really contemplative warrior poet. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I love it. I, I really adore those games. Yeah. They're really great. There's some like, there's, there are some actually really good videos on YouTube as well, talking about his like kind of Jewish identity. Totally. Yeah. Jacob Geller's one is really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it's really good. But um, yeah, the writing in it is really fantastic. And there's like a lot of good statements about, you know, like, um, yeah, fighting um, like fascism and the far right and, you know, like, uh, like not letting them, not letting them uh, live to, you know, to organize and stuff. But um, yeah, everyone should check them out. They're, they're really great. Lots of great characters, despite being like really over the top and like obviously like you know far and like the genre kind of um thing like just really also really grounded and real kind of like um yeah i guess like real life the history of actual anti-fascism groups anti-fascist groups and stuff yeah another piece of media people for people to check out and this contributes to our like history of anti-fascist organizing as well uh is chasseurs de skins which is a documentary that was made about um this this group the 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 skinhead hunters right chasseurs the skins in in france basically like in the punk scene there was kind of a there was this awareness like we need to be as offensive as possible to everybody and like what's really offensive to our parents who like fought in the war well like the swastika is really offensive to them but all of that is like a really is a is a a roundabout justification for people who aren't really punks and are just actually fascists to uh, <laughs> yeah, explain yeah. why they're wearing a swastika all of a sudden. Yeah, right? and it gives them like plausible deniability and everything as well. You know, it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just being edgy. It's yeah, like, mm. the anti-Semite is free to play with words and so on and so on. Um, yeah, and th- and then this group, like this group, formed who basically were like, no, we're not going to have Nazis around. That's not okay. Fuck that. And um, what's amazing about like. Then the, the they're often translated as the skinhead hunters, but like their names literally like the the skin hunters. And what's kind of a, like really fucking cool about what they did was like they didn't start off having um having like boots or jackets or whatever. And their 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 means of getting them was for new members of the gang to like just go beat up a skinhead and take their jacket and boots off them. Uh, like if you're gonna if you need boots for like fighting Nazis beat up nazis first and then take their boots you know yeah uh, it's good fucking shit yeah, yeah 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 i um yeah i love that idea of um a aesthetic defined by their direct action which is you know to, to chase them down um some other really interesting um like historic movements as well would be um in germany the red front fighters league 
um i can't remember the german name but it's like the acronym is actually like it's like rfb or something like that like probably red front fighters bund or something um so they were an anti-fascist paramilitary organization in germany during the 1920s and 30s so um yeah they were they were heavily affiliated and largely um, run by the communist party of germany um who were fighting back because you know as we as we know um part of yeah part of the nazis kind of first wave of attacks was against communist and trade unionists and stuff it should be remembered that like um much of the nazi administration hitler himself even like kind of got their street cred to begin with by just having their ass kicked by communists over and over again uh because there was this period like the, the comparisons been made before that like if um you know if portland today were uh germany in the 20s you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be like uh dudes who like have got an open carry license and kind of posture around with their rifle and some other dudes with like homemade riot shields kind of bumping into each other because like in the 20s there were all these people who had just fought in world war one and they didn't see any like any issue with kind of bringing that straight back to defending their political beliefs at home and so there were there was this huge period of like street battles between Nazis and communists. Um, and it's, I mean, I think a big part of to understand is that like in Germany there, there was institutional capture. So the far right increasingly had like the police, the courts, the entire judicial system, like on their side. And despite the fact that the communists basically kicked their shit in every time for like 10 years, that's how they still managed to gain power. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's interesting as well. Like, um, uh, so I'm just distracted by the communism versus <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, things, but yeah. Um, so the the RFB, the was it? I just looked up the Rotter Front Kampfverbund. Um, so they were um, yeah. So their symbol was like a little red fist and a little yellow circle with um, with the name around it. Or sometimes it would also say have um, the German uh, saying Schutzend den Front ab ab. <laughs> which uh is a really bad really bad um pronunciation for um protecting the friend fighting off the enemy um yeah and uh and they used to one of their sayings was um uh, they would say red front or rot front as like a greeting to um friends but um yeah no um my my antifa like code sign is to say hey 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 smoke weed every day the fbi killed mlk but like i mean <laughs> it, it changes over time is the thing so you have to stay up to date <laughs> mm, exactly as they as they, as they keep killing more um you know people have known um so uh yeah no so um yes yeah, so they were um they were fighting back against the nazis as they were forming and as they were organizing and all this kind of stuff like they knew you know like that it was like kind of the I guess like the communist imperative to um to fight back against fascism and um yeah and they were forming little local groups around the place which is like another kind of thing that um, you often see with anti-fascist organization when even when it is an organized group that um it is kind of like a decentralized structure um you know like uh which is like i mean in any kind of paramilitary group that is always kind of like part of the deal you know and like we've talked about this before about how you even see this across like you know like you see this in in the sopranos you know like this is like that's a really good way to um 
to organize on mass across wide areas um while also kind of protecting yourself and others so um yeah so uh they were really good but like the the wild thing is that like they were fighting against the nazis as they were forming but they were also fighting the police because even before the nazis kind of like took control or whatever like that they were the police were entirely on that side sort of thing so um yeah yeah for like years and years um they were considered like you know like an enemy of the state or whatever which is yeah. like pretty and wild that's why like, i that's exactly why i want to have this this discussion of like there are things everyone can do like everyone sorry there are things everyone can do and that there are things anyone can do so anyone can go to an anti-fascist counter demo and be one of the people outnumbering the fascists right but everyone has things they can do so this is why like you know we reported a couple of weeks ago about like the nebraska senator who's been just like filibustering against the bills against trans people and she's just like not let every anything at all pass through the legislative session because she she won't let that go through and it's like that is another key part of like anti-fascist praxis is you shall not pass right nay pass around like and and i think that people this is going to tie into the homework is kind of why I'm spending a moment on it. Right. Like I think people think that you shall not pass or nay around like uh, um, exclusively is for like when you are directly opposing. Um, sorry, I'm saying nay around because that's, that's the film about the Scottish workers. No around Anyway, um, you know, they, um, they, uh, they, people think that no around is like when you are directly stopping fascists, like marching through your neighborhood or whatever. But like, it is a it is a full scale um approach to anti-fascism in every walk of life and it's like it's it's uh you know that 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 politician in nebraska who's filibustering she is engaging in in no pazaran right now like that's that's a and and i think that like it's really worth people thinking about all the ways that they can do that in whatever role they have in society right like i think that um sorry you have more history history stuff we should go into or Oh yeah, I would wrap it up with these guys. Well, I was, was going to say, um, they, um, so yeah, they, um, they were just, um, yeah, they were fighting the police and the Nazis quite a lot during that period. Um, they, um, but they eventually there was like a period that they called Bloody May. Um, it was after International Workers' Day. Um, well, so they were having these protests because they were actually they were banned. The Nazis banned International Workers' Day because it was like you know like people have forgotten about it now largely but it, that was a day that had like you know such like you know they were really important day to the labor movement and stuff and has like such a socialist history they banned it um it's truly banned... like the the big muscly dog the the crying little dog like uh then uh hey as well as an international women's day we should have an international workers day where we get together and kick the shit out of nazis and then like the crying dog now it's like where's international men's day yeah yeah <laughs> So they um they banned that and they banned they also banned the um the red fighters um at the same time as an organization and they um they confiscated everything like took all their assets everything like that um and this is like a group that had over a hundred thousand members at the time you know um so a bunch of them formed into small separate groups and stuff but um that carried on the fight but um yeah as soon as the nazis took over um they were literally like among the first people to be tracked down they tracked down all as many members of the rfb as they could and sent them straight into concentration camps which is like you know where a lot of people talk about you know like first they came for the 
you know, the communists, well, the trade unionists or whatever like that. A lot of that, these were the, um, yeah, the um, the red fighters, some of the first victims of the Nazis. And um, so, yeah, a lot of them, a lot of the original members all died in, um, in the concentration camps. But um, yeah, some of them actually managed to escape and ended up um, joining the, um, the Spanish Civil War, speaking of No Passeran, um, you know, because they were committed anti-fascists. So they um, jumped on over there. That's an interesting one, because I've seen people kind of be like, was Franco technically a fascist? He was a kind of mm. uh, a kind of monarchist or whatever. And it's like, well, anti-fascists at the time knew what he was uh, yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, anarchists and communists from here, like flew over to, um, to join the fight. Um, but yeah, kind of um, moving on from there, I guess. Can I, um, can I interject, like, interject really yeah. quickly and just say, if anyone's wondering why I haven't spoken, um, I'm just absorbing all this knowledge. Sophie and Tim are very knowledgeable and I don't know a lot of this stuff. So I'm if you're in the an audience and feeling the same way, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. So I'm just sitting here munching on the bread that I made. I'm just eating a lot of bread and listening. So okay. Um, well, I mean, it's 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 still totally very helpful for you to like ask uh, questions if you have any questions. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's a good content format, or whatever. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, and 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 Kerry, you, you're our American in this discussion, so I should acknowledge that like some Americans also. Uh, it's in the canon that Indiana Jones went to fight in the Spanish Civil War against Franco. So you know, yep, those are my people. He also took out a few Nazis as well. You know, yeah, he's quite well known for that. Yeah, he hate. In yeah. fact, he hates Nazis. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, um, yeah. Well yeah. known fact about <laughs> American hero Indiana yeah. Jones. Nazis and their but magic. I, that's right. I kind of wanted to say about about the Nazis getting power and then like making the uh, the Red Fighters League uh, illegal and then putting those people in concentration camps. It's like um, uh, this this ties into like what you'll see in fascist practice today that like they see no issue in like doxing, harassing, violently attacking uh, uh, their, their their enemies, people who stand against them. The, the we we reported on um, Posey Parker getting getting tomato juice tipped on her right like. Nazis have doxxed the woman who did that, right? And it's like they're um they don't see an issue doing that because they all have like the worst kind of cop brain. Like they all have meth cop brain. And so they all think that like, you know, when when I'm in charge, those people will get punished. And they, you know, the, you can see that with the Nazis as a as a direct demonstration, but like the reason that they act like fucking creeps right is that they that they think they're basically tracking down criminals and it's it's pretty pathetic yeah yeah absolutely and it's like that's kind of um you know the the thing right where it's like um you part of like the i guess like the recruiting and like the propaganda thing from like fascism is often to kind of um like i guess like radicalize working class people to become kind of like the enforcers of their ideology within their community you know like to literally turn them into cops you know yeah absolutely so absolutely. Um, yeah to be you know and this is like the thing that we're getting in you know like in america with that um you know the the bill to like you know have, have you seen any you know trans people trans activity or anything like that exactly you know yeah. rat on them here it's like that's the exact same thing you know like it's um, like a liberal's perfect world is where everyone is a business owner 
uh and like uh you know a communist perfect world is where everyone is just a dude and just gets to fucking vibe but like a fascist perfect world is where every single person is a cop and that's why fascism is always in crisis is because like they always need people to knock on they need they must be like jailing and executing people at all times um yeah which is why it has to you know a fascist society is always imploding because they have to jail more people and i think this Uh, like also kind of like ties in in a way to a lot of like the stuff that like people don't often realize is like really fascist but like the kind of stuff that we often talk about being fascist but you know like you get about this like there's been like a viral twitter post talking about it recently but it's also something that um guys like jordan peterson and also like guys like jack donovan and stuff have talked about a lot where they say like as a man it's like every every um every confrontation you have with another person well every interaction you have with another man is kind of like a barely restrained fight you know where it's like right there's a threat of violence yeah there's like an underlying threat of violence or whatever which is amazing for jordan peterson to say because if that were true then my guy my guy wouldn't have lived past 12 years old like (laughs) yeah yeah i've um i i know i've i've tweeted at him telling him that that he's the least intimidating man on twitter um you know and his like book is like full of like you know talking about like how badly he wants to like just boot children across the playground ah, you know right. and it's just like and he's had dreams where like, he's like fighting journalists who disagree with him or whatever yeah, yeah yeah exactly you know and it's like this is yeah and like actually threatened you know like journalists you know what do you say he's like i will slap you happily <laughs> whatever but um <laughs> you know and like this is like the this is like this is literal like fascist brain like it's amazing to hear jordan peterson say he would do anything happily because his voice is always so sad <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the way jordan peterson friend of the show uh if you're watching keep it up <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Keep going. Bro. You're doing a great um, job, buddy. You're doing a yeah, great job. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's like um yeah, just like just like that kind of thinking also leads into that, you know, like every every person as a cop, every person as like, you know, the yeah, just um it's it's very similar. And I think that like a lot of people get sucked into that kind of stuff through um, you know, through stuff that isn't like I would say overtly fascist you know and then you know like through an inspirational quote um instagram pages <laughs> you know like um like yeah gym bro forums and stuff like that but um but yeah it's 100 like very much like what is the logical like what's the next step in that line of yeah thinking? yeah um so um yeah. should we talk about some things everyone can do and anyone can do uh i kind of well, so you said we'd talk a little bit more about Black Bloc. Uh, so I think that, like, talking about things anyone can do first would be useful uh, in talking about, like, as I said, anyone can show up to an anti-fascist counter demo. But the, as I also just said, like, these fascists are real fucking creeps and they've got the, they've got the, what was it, with the, the drill tweet the other day? Like, uh, glue huffing used car salesman brain. Uh, and they all think that like anyone who stands against fascism is like a criminal who they need to track down. So like this is why people disguise their identities when they go to count like uh, anti-fascist counter demos, which is the formation of Black Bloc, right? So Black Bloc, people talk about it being like the anti for uniform or whatever. It's not a uniform. Uh, it's li- it's very literally not uniform. When we talked before, like about uh, Oswald Mosley, like had a very specific like dorky uh, chinos and uh, fucking. Black yeah, yeah. Like thing they going always on. go for like dorky shit, you know, like the like the um 
the American thing with like the polo and the little cockies and dressing like, like Trump. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. Think and always wearing like little a, shoes and stuff. I think there's a very real, like, um, kind of domination through absurdity where they're kind of dressing like, uh, embarrassing fail sons to say like, this is <laughs> our right to look like this. And like, we will, we, it's all the, you know, their, their, their thought is kind of like, it's all the scarier that we uh, are genuinely threatening to people. So brutal. <laughs> yeah, you get like the other dudes, like the um, the kind of like embracing absurdity, like dudes like the Boogaloo dudes that are wearing like the Hawaiian shirts and shit like that. Because they're going to the big luau, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's like, you know, obviously like Proud Boys that wear like the black and yellow polo shirts, yeah, which yeah. is like that's them emulating like the British kind of skinhead, like Fred Perry kind of look and stuff, you know? Yeah, so totally. It's, um, totally. Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, um, the black block is not a uniform. It is a it is a, 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 a tactical measure to stop people from identifying anti-fascists because fascists will always try to, uh, try their absolute best to dox people and to uh, figure out who people are and to harass them. And like, if you're not part of, you know, the battle of cable street or whatever like i said before like if it's not if it's not that the anti-fascist action is just everyone from the community saying like fuck you to the fascists uh and instead it is like an organized uh anti-fascist assembly then yeah uh people need to kind of protect their identities um yeah yeah especially yeah. um like these days where like we were talking about earlier where there are so many people that show up to rallies like the Posey Park one in Auckland. They just show up with like these 360 degree cameras and everything yeah, like that. Exactly. And I've, I've been watching it as like all these turfs have been combing through that footage and like just zooming in and, you know, trying to like figure out like, okay, who is this person? You know, what were their movements throughout the day? All this kind of stuff. And obviously like, you know, like we said earlier, it sometimes works against them where it's like you know they they put up a little clip of something and they go like look at this you know like this antifa person doing this or whatever and then you just like rewind the footage and five minutes later it's totally exactly, justified. exactly. but um yeah uh so I mean, this is already this... i mean this is the thing it, it's gonna bounce it's probably just gonna end up bouncing back and forth but when i'm talking about things everyone can do as well it's gonna keep on being like there are things everyone can do that disable those fascist methods right like if fascists are trying to like seek punishment for people who attend anti-fascist demos like you know they might try to uh shame people publicly for being anti-fascists and like you know um for example i'm I'm kind of concocting an example i I do know this has happened to some people but like trying to go to people's employers to say like look this is a very dangerous political radical and it's like so one thing that that everyone can do is like if you uh, if you are an employer, get wrecked. But also, uh, you know, if you are employed somewhere, like one thing you could do is to talk to the, like to talk to the people at your your company that like, hey, if if someone does approach you about any of our employees, like being anti-fascist, like you should back them up because being anti-fascist is based actually. And that's like a hard conversation to have. But, and I mean, this is probably good. Like there is a broad stroke of like hard conversations is something that everyone can do. So I'd also say like in the UK right now, the Equalities and Human Rights Commission is like increasingly talking about trying to ban trans people from uh, the correct like bathrooms. So like there's something that you can do if you have a local place that you go to regularly in the UK, like you can go in there and say like, hey, if this legislation gets passed, I just want 
to know that you're not enforcing it. Like I want to know that you are going to remain a trans friendly space and you will like not like side with people who are trying to persecute trans people for using the right bathroom. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, But uh, yeah, speaking of black block, like, Mm. so, you know, the idea is usually just to wear entirely black because then it makes, you know, there's less kind of identifiers um, or whatever, you know, and like cover your face with a black mask and all this kind of stuff. Um, The one one thing that I've seen that, um, well, two things that I've seen that people usually get picked up on though is um shoes and backpacks so if you do if you do take a backpack with you um try to make it like you know either like a cheap one that you're probably not gonna you know use again if it's like a you know like from like an op shop or just like a dollar store one or whatever like that um if it does have any identifiable logos or anything on it try and cover them up you can put some black tape over the top something like that um and try, yeah, do the same with shoes if you can just wear, you know, plain black mass produced ones. Cause so many people have been busted because they were like, you know, wearing like a particular kind of, you know, like, yeah, like some Jordans or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, cool. Well, all these people look the same, but this guy's got like the white and red Jordans or whatever. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Track him. And then it's like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it's, um, and things like that, you know, um, and also like tattoos and stuff should obviously be um covered up because they are a huge huge giveaway um a good place to get good quality um you know like just all black stuff is often um you know obviously you go to an op shop or something like that but also military surplus stores are usually quite good um especially for like face coverings and things like that um because they're mass produced as well it's also kind of like you know like anyone could get a black you know black ski mask (laughs) it's also important we should mention gray block which is like people will still try to protect their identities but not necessarily be in black block because black block is seen as um on the side of anti-fascist organizing is is a clear message that like we intend to intimidate and like if shit goes down and we anticipate shit might go down like we want to be able to protect our identities and not be identified for doing like for defending ourselves um and like gray block also is seeking to protect people's identities uh so it's still like generally has like covered faces but and like a hat or a hood or whatever but it's it's still it's usually just people's kind of plain clothes but like preferably clothes that you're not also posting in social media or whatever yeah 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 and there's um yeah like that's the other thing right like a lot of the time people will be like oh okay well we found this guy wearing this like black jacket and he's also wearing this on his instagram and this page or whatever like that exactly so um yeah there's a lot of stuff like that um and it's kind of like um the you know it's um it's i yeah this is it's the same mentality as you see a lot of um like you know uh so if you were to see low-level drug dealers on the side of the street and they're all wearing the same clothes and they all have like very similar haircuts and stuff it's you know because like if a so say it's like a young a black kid with braids or whatever like that and then you know someone gets an eyewitness or whatever like that and they go to the cops and go like oh it's a young black kid with braids and they go well there's there's you know like a thousand young black dudes in, with braids in the city or whatever so you then you know like for the gray block or whatever like that it's like you don't necessarily need to be wearing all blacked out or whatever like that. But if you're just wearing super common stuff that everyone wears and things like exactly, that, it's like, yeah. oh, you know, like, okay, that guy's got like, 
you know, like you just you, you kind of have to like, I guess, tailor it to where you're at. And um, there's also wearing and stuff. So yeah. yeah, there's also an important distinction to make with um, with influencers as well, which is that like if I'm, for example, attending something and there is a there is a, a kind of dress code, like I will go in the dress code because like I'm not uh, I don't want to encourage anyone to break the to break that and like expose their own identities. Um, but also like as someone with my face all over the internet and like, I'm quite recognizable. Like I'm, I just, I know that people will know who I am and I know that fascists will very quickly pick out that, that I am me. And like, that's something I know going in. It doesn't mean that I won't like dress how everyone else is dressing and stick to the same tactics. Because like I say, if I showed up and I was just like, Hey, it's me, Sophie from Mars. Uh, then like, then like other people who are present on my side would be like, well, Sophie's not worried about it. We don't have to worry about it either. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And there's um, also like um, one thing that you do have to be careful of is like um, anything wearing anything, and sometimes even black block is considered this. But like anything that could be considered um, like you like this is just in case you get like arrested or something like that. That it is an indication of an of intent. Like, um, you know, like I did see, I have seen people at protests before that have like shown up with like, you know, like kind of makeshift body armor and things like that, which I feel like if it is, if it's like a, if it's a thing that's ongoing, like say if this is like, you know, day four of the George Floyd protests or whatever like that, and there's literally like skirmishes happening in the street and stuff like that, it's not such a big deal. But if you're like showing up to like, you know, day one of, uh, you know, a protest that is, you know, like supposed to be like a peaceful protest or whatever like that. And you've got like shit strapped to your forearms and things like that. So you've brought your homemade riot shield and like, yeah, yeah. Like you know, that's yeah. not just going to make you a target for like, you know, arrest on the day, but down the line and, you know, like people, like all the, you know, the fascists and stuff like that, they'll be like looking into it and they'll be like, look, this person came to fight and they'll probably try it. You know, like that's definitely, you're definitely going to have them try their best to track you down and do all that kind of shit like that, try and ruin your life or whatever. Right, so, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something to be very aware of. Um, you kind of have to exercise a little bit of, um, you know, uh, restraint and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so um, for... Yeah, I think aside from, like, you know, Black Block and actually getting out direct action and stuff for things that the average person can do um yeah i think um like probably like i mean this goes with like basically everything we ever talk about on this show but um educating yourself is um a really important thing um there like there have been like extensive studies uh, on um the rise of fascism and anti-fascism and things like that um which i think um uh important to learn about like i mean you don't have to like i know people that are like at university like seriously studying like fascism and anti-fascism and all this kind of stuff and you don't need to go like that hard generally those people do a lot of the work that us kind of like downstream of them can like pick up on but um but yeah there can be a lot of stuff um that can help you kind of like um identify like kind of burgeoning fascist movements or like um effectively combat them um, yeah i mean you just you just said people who are kind of studying at like an academic level but they it is actually very easy to find anti-fascist social media networks for 
any place that you live in where people are very happily sharing like their anti-fascist research and crucially also just like demo information right like if i can't you know i can't guarantee you know your your city anti-fascist assembly will necessarily work uh but like some something like that will very quickly i mean chat i'm genuinely like give this a go like if you have twitter like you can probably find a twitter account for where you live that tell that is doing anti-fascist research and alerting people to when there are um when there are uh fascist organized like fascist rallies in your area yeah yeah and um <clears throat> yeah i mean aside from like you know like the really heavy duty kind of like learning about fascism stuff there is actually like a lot of like really kind of like light stuff that you can do i think um one that often gets recommended is um uh the what is it called um there's an essay um uh, fascism um from um umberto eco who you may know from writing the name of the rose really amazing and well-known book but um yeah he um he actually grew up as a child he um yeah grew up in fascist italy uh, under mussolini and so um, years, years later, like I think it was like in the 80s or 90s, he wrote um, this essay called Earth Fascism. And he includes in it um, like 14 um, kind of, fit, um, I guess, like common traits of, um, of fascism. And it's, um, you know, it talks about like the, the cult of tradition, um, that disagreement is treason, um pacifism is trafficking with the enemy like there's a whole bunch of them um you know and it's like when you you can read through it and you can see how it applies to you know different movements and stuff and it's like it's 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 easy to look at kind of existing movements that have already gathered momentum and be like oh yeah sweet like they tick all the boxes you know like i don't know if that is like particularly helpful like a lot of people will always be like well you know these guys are technically fascist or whatever but usually by the time they're doing that it's like we already know like you know but um i think um it can be good for when you see new things rising you know like you know like you might see like you know, you might see a particular political figure or whatever have, giving a speech and talking about like, you know, how the enemy is both, you know, they're both, they're like weak. Yeah, they're weak because they're degenerate and wrong, but they're also powerful because they have the the trans lobby behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This giant like network and all this institutional power and stuff like that. You might be like, wow, that sounds like they're making a case for the enemy being both strong and weak whenever it's yeah, most exactly, convenient yeah. you know and then you're like okay well that's actually a signifier of you know like kind of like fascist ideology or whatever and then you know like just learning about these things and then you might be able to spot these things happening and be like okay well these guys are definitely something to look out for you know yeah um, like if posey parker weren't just openly working with neo-nazis like it would still be pretty easy to spot her as a fascist because she does constantly rely on ideas of tradition and of like you know what women are supposed to be she doesn't fucking care whatsoever about like she there's there's also a certain level of like the stuff that Sartre says about anti-semites definitely applies to every fascist like just posy parker will claim that she's working with lesbians and defending lesbians and then there's like a clip of that clip kind of doing the rounds right now where she like points out someone who's protesting her and is like he doesn't even look gay 
And it's like, you you don't care about gay people at all. This is such a, a thin farce. Um, as for making the enemy both weak and strong, like, you know, kind of already alluded to it, but like, you know, she'll she'll call she'll call trans people like mentally ill and say there's all, all these reasons why we're why we're weak and pathetic, but also like she thinks or I, I don't fucking care what she thinks. She says that like there's like all this institutional power behind us, you know, as for like pacifism is is uh trucking with the enemy like her calling for uh, uh men to carry guns and go into women's toilets to look for transgenders like that's absolutely her saying that like being being a pacifist you know n- not being explicitly violent to the enemy is uh is is letting everyone down like that's you know it's like it, it's not it's not a list that you have to use point by point and then be like oh it doesn't qualify the last one so they're not actually a fascist but like it is still a useful way to find all the hallmarks yeah yeah there is um there is um an interesting thing from um uh echoes um essay that lines up as well with what we're talking about like the cop thing and, and just with what you were just saying where um the 11th point is everybody is educated to become a hero an ur-fascist ideology, heroism is a norm. This cult of heroism is strictly linked with the cult of death. And I like this is what we see when we see um, you know, these videos come out of um these, like there was one that I saw the other day of it was like a cis woman that was using the bathroom and she had begun filming in there because she was like, There's this woman at the front that is like, she's talking about me in here and she's saying that she just saw a trans person coming in here and that she's going to confront me and that she's going to you know do all this and she's like i've started recording just to say you know and it's like this is this is the heroism that echo is talking about where it's like this this turf thinks that she is the hero in the story she's like being kind of emboldened to confront the enemy in this space or whatever and obviously in the video it just makes her look deranged you know and um you know and you know she's obviously and she's confronting another cis woman as well and it's just like you know like this is this is the, this is the heroism that they um that they're emboldened to do and this is like that's how they see themselves as they're the brave heroes the truth tellers the you know whatever um yeah it's like yeah it, it's it's wild how much the transphobic the like the turf movement kind of lines up exactly with this uh with the fascist stuff but um it's yeah like, it's really I, it's I, a short I, essay as well so everyone should check it. yes definitely <laughs> it's like i genuinely think that 1984 is a pretty pretty good book and like worth worth people reading uh but like it, it is noticeable that the 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 vast majority of people trying to say this is 1984 and now are now actually fascists because like they they keep on going back to that shit as being like uh we're the like you just said the truth tellers like they keep on being like we're the only ones who don't give in to this like new speak and this was this was a thing that was like really noticeable for uh jk rowling a little while ago was was used like a a 1984 reference to be like to try and say like they're brainwashing you to believe that men men can be women or whatever um and yeah they they're, they're constantly saying that they're like the only ones who will stand up and tell the truth and it's just like yeah 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 totally like um and so so much uh transphobic and like far right propaganda well you know like a lot of transphobic stuff is just straight up far right so but um and revolt like the messaging is all about that um telling the truth um like over here we've got all like you know it's like reality check radio and you know like against this like um 
you know, against the mainstream media or whatever, like everything else is lying to you. And this is the authentic place that you can get the truth. from. Jose Parker's rallies are, are always called let women speak. And like when cis women stand up then and, and speak and say, fuck you, stop being a weird transphobe. Like they, they just ignore them because they don't want those women speaking that way. They want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, um, down here, there's speak up for women. And um, recently there was Stand By Your Woman, which was, um, this was organized by a bunch of men, um, most most of them well-known figures within the neo-Nazi community in New Zealand, like Kyle Chapman, who was, you know, the former head of the National Front, um, has firebombed Murai before, um, you know, like these people, um, there was an event where they even said in the promotion beforehand that it will not be an opportunity for women to speak um they did actually <laughs> let one woman speak um, incredible for like literally like 30 seconds or something before um before men spoke and um yeah just like wild wild fascist shit um so yeah it's um it's yeah, like it's it's one hundred percent fashion. Like they they you know they're trying to separate themselves. They're trying to they're trying to separate. They're saying like like one of the most notorious um, New Zealand transphobes. She she made a statement just before some of the meetings saying like, oh hey, actually I think some of these guys are actual Nazis. Which I think fun- <laughs> it's funny to make the distinction because it's like yeah, but you agree with them on everything. It's just that they just actually say the quiet part loud. Um, you know, and and but the funny thing is, like, so many turfs just attacked her over it, and they were just like, "Well, you know, like, uh, how how can you say that? They say everyone's a Nazi now." No, they're saying Heil Hitler and then doing <laughs> the the Hitler salute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, here's a bunch of photos of them wearing swastika T-shirts, doing a Roman salute. And shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, whereas, you know, like some of the other turf groups had no you know like they were they were saying like look at these these proud men you know like standing up for us as women and shit like that it's just like you know there's like one group that is like the worst like probably like like they're a group um you know it's like a maori led turf group there's only like maybe three or four of them or whatever like that and just seeing them completely throw their lot in with literal nazis that have like i said before literally firebombed marai before and it's just like, what the fuck is going on in your brain? Like, what yeah. is, like... Meth cop brain. The worst possible brain. Yeah. Unfortunately, in the great lottery of life, you've been given the worst brain that there could be. The meth cop brain. Um, yeah. So I, I think I want to um, talk through more stuff that, like, talk more about, like, people doing stuff outside of anti-fascist demos. Yeah, yeah. I want to I wanna quickly, before we do say that, I want to just say, like to people uh and i'm going to re- reinforce this in a second as well that like um just because we talk about there being demos where people need to be ready to like get physical because they're anticipating that it's like you know li- literal nazi skinheads are showing up who who will attack people um you know those things are usually kind of through organizing networks people are people are like hey this will this one will be like this there's not there's not an expectation that anyone will show up so don't show up if you don't like aren't ready to be in a fight basically um and like that's um yeah i don't know i, I think i think it's important to say that because it's really worth understanding that like showing up and just being being a bigger crowd than the fascist crowd is like the most important thing 99% of the time and like 
people shouldn't be scared to show up to stuff because they should understand that like the you showing up is a step towards nothing happening because fascists are cowards and they will fuck off like they will just fuck off with no with with no uh violence if they are just massively massively outnumbered because yeah i can't i can't say this enough fascists are cowards so like i really want to encourage our audience like if you if you you know if you do like i said a second ago like look up what kind of anti-fascist social networking there is um that informs about when there are like demos or whatever they will they will only be pub- like posting publicly about um stuff that is safe to show up to basically because they'll be saying like anyone show up to this thing uh which you know is a, is a pretty clear message that they want anyone you know and and that means that you if you are available and can get down there you really should and you should really like try and get other people to go down there as well i really like i want to be crystal clear that when it comes to trans people like a lot of trans people just do show up already. So it's not even, it's not even that trans people shouldn't have to show up. We shouldn't have to show up. Like, like that we are, we are the exact people they want to hurt the most. Like we shouldn't have to show up, but like the, the, the fact is that we do. And like often the counter demo ends up being like almost entirely trans or entirely trans. And then it's like, you know, I'm left thinking, there are anti-fascist assemblies in London who call themselves anti-fascists and here are some fascists and they haven't shown up like where there are no cis people here. I just want to say like, don't be afraid to show up to stuff that's being advertised publicly as like, let's get anti-fascists down here because if it's being advertised publicly, that they are really not expecting anything to get to, to, to go down. Um, and you should, yeah, you should get down there. You should get everyone, you know, who can go down there with you and you should get them to, to bring everyone they can as well. Cause outnumbering is, so much of the entire game at these kind yeah, of things yeah. that's yeah. the thing if it, if you vastly outnumber them then um like the chances of them actually attempting anything go all the way down um yeah it's i think it's generally the worst is when it's like roughly similar numbers that's kind of when it kicks off enough but um so you know like um so what basically what what we're telling you is that um that I'm trying to tell you that when you're ready, you won't have to. There you go. Perfect. You nailed it. But um, no, actually, that's that's part of a Matrix quote. Didn't quite pull it off. Um, you know, like <laughs> only the true heads under understood that. Um, I got it and liked it. But yeah, stuff everyone can do. So I, I want to say uh, along the same lines that like we've kind of said said in the past, like we're influencers. We we're people whose faces are all over the place, and we probably would be less safe showing up to stuff. But like. That's not uh, a simple black and white truth. Like we can go to stuff. It's just like we, like the hosts here, like we're doing one of the things that we can do in our roles, like as, as like social media influencers by talking about this and trying to educate people on stuff. But like there comes a trade-off for us. And it's a similar trade-off that there is for like politicians and other public figures. Like if we go to stuff, like there is a knowledge that we're easily identifiable. It doesn't mean we can't go to stuff. Like, Kira, you look up some stuff. Hey, hey, Kira, hey, go to some stuff. But like, <laughs> yes, Sophie, but like, thank you. Yes. But like, <laughs> but like, you know, it's just with the knowledge that like, it would be very easy for them to identify us, uh, which means, you know, if I'm going to any kind of counter demo, I know for sure I'm not doing any shit because like, it would very, it would be very, very quick for them to say it was Sophie who did it. I know because her face is all over the internet. Um, 
but like I can absolutely take part in like outnumbering people and I can also like share the thing online and, and try to get more people to come and outnumber them you know um yeah uh and then yeah I, I said before about like if you go to if there's like a local place that you go to or you could think about your employer and you're like your your workplace environment like making sure that people are on the side of the oppressed group and like aren't aren't gonna give in to fascism is still like practicing no pass around um, yeah 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 like um it's like yeah I think like it's important to to yeah to actually think of that as a like a whole kind of like a whole mentality it's not just limited to physical confrontation with far-right groups but it's like a mindset and like a like a personal commitment to resist fascism like that um i think you have to kind of express in uh in all aspects of your life you know like and this can be like you know from you know the confrontational stuff at a lower level like whether it's like you know like if someone says something kind of you know vaguely off color or whatever and you like call them up on it or whatever even if you know if it's like a friend that says like something that's like kind of a shitty joke or whatever like that to um all the way to like you know educating your friends and family like when you know if there's like some kind of like you know right fucking populist group that are like you know making headway in your area or something like that you know and like if you hear like your parents or you know like a relative or friend or whatever like talking about them and shit like that and just actually being like hey look like you know this is like these are all kind of hallmarks of fascism and shit like that you know just like um yeah there's i think there's like everyone kind of has a role that they can play in fighting fascism and it's like you kind of just have to take it where you find it you know um and so yeah taking action in your own way um is like oh you know is a way that everyone can kind of uh, everyone can kind of take their own kind of um steps towards towards uh, anti-fascism yeah i think in i think in america like the shock to the system of trump getting elected like left a lot of people feeling like it's too late to like organize uh, as anti-fascists uh, and that like and that like fascists can just like like have already won an election and probably will win another one um and so they're just kind of like what can we do but the 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 simple thing of like the the basic thing to anti-fascism is like um and this this is okay like during the holocaust there were literally times when nazis were trying to arrest someone to be carted away to a camp and bystanders were like hey fuck you stop that and the not and and those nazis stopped doing that because like the 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 completely pathetic defense that you know famously lots of nazis made that they were like just following orders the way that works internally is like i was just following orders the 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 people in charge told me to do this thing how was i to know that it later would be considered a bad thing to do and it's like well you're a human being and you know it's a bad thing to do so obviously that's fucking bullshit but on in a real practical sense like these are people who kind of they're they're forming a coalition of the greedy, stupid, and the cruel, and like they 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 believe they'll get away with it, and so like people showing that they're not going to get away with it in the long term makes them stop. Like it does actually make them stop, and so like it's never too late to do more anti-fascist organizing. And I, I just want to like really emphasize that like um, people who think like well you know I, already the people I 
I'm around all the time. They're like a bunch of uh, MAGA supporters or whatever. It's like, well, for one thing, if you went to, if you, if you go to anti-fascist organizing spots, uh, you'll, you'll make some new friends, <laughs> which will be nice. Um, but for another, like being the person who intervenes, like when Tim just now brought up, like your friend makes a shitty joke, like it can be as small as that, like being the person, being the like non passive being the active bystander makes such a huge difference and is the most basic kind of form of of of, of anti-fascism because anti-fascism is just is just solidarity right it's like in organizing like if you are like i'm not earning enough right then that's not solidarity but if you turn to your colleague and you're like you're not earning enough then solidarity exists so it's like it doesn't even have to be people who are in a different situation like position to you obviously i will keep on saying until I'm blue in the face that for fuck's sake, cis people need to show up to these things. And I'm so pissed that most cis people don't, but like, but like, uh, trans people showing up for other trans people is still solidarity. And like anyone showing up for a, yeah, anti-fascist organizing is, is solidarity. Yeah. I think like just a thing in general, supporting marginalized communities is like a kind of very inherently anti-fascist thing to do. Um, even if it's like not the community that is like currently in the crosshairs or anything like that, I think just in general, um, just kind of, um, helping to support any kind of like marginalized community in your area, whether it's, you know, whether it's trans people, whether it's refugees, whether it's whatever, you know, like, cause these are all people that are somehow going to be yeah in the crosshairs of both you know the state and of the fascists and stuff so it's like empowering those communities and supporting them is always going to be pushing back against those things like so um yeah you know and um just you know showing that solidarity also kind of um i think in a way of like forming you know like especially when you're talking about on an organizational level, like forming coalitions between different groups, you know, and like solidarity and stuff like that, I think is um, really important. But yeah, even just on a personal level, just, um, just showing up and, you know, and uh, yeah, like even not necessarily like physically showing up, but even just like, you know, like being aware and helping promote them, like, you know, through your social media or whatever like that, like just, um, getting more aware and involved with other groups that um yeah outside of outside of um your own as well as you know like obviously your own yeah yeah i, I want to return to this local venue thing for a second and just say like there's like there's like local places i go often where like i'm friends with the staff and like we chat and you know something i'm planning to do is like talk to them about the ahrc stuff and just be like it's not at all impossible that in the uk like fairly soon the Tories might just say we're banning trans women from women's bathrooms. And like, I just want, I just want to know that like, you're not going to like give like truck with that at all. Like it doesn't matter if they've got, you know, it doesn't matter if they have like men's and women's bathrooms in their place. Like this kind of legislation is there to embolden, you know, again, like the cult of the hero shit, right. It's like, this is there to embolden fascists to take an opportunity to like whine to management because it's their favorite fucking thing because it's a movement of cops right and like it's it's like if there are venues that you're you know the, like venues that i'm regularly in and i talk to the staff and i'm like friends with them like i'm going to be talking to them to be like i just want to know that like anyone who comes in here who's being like this transgender blah 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 you'll be like get fucked you know mm-hmm. 
Actually, Sophie, uh, since we're we're getting to the end of the stream and normally we would start our question time, um, there is a question from the YouTube chat from Lily that, that's pertaining exactly to what you're talking about. So I might as well ask it now. Uh, Lily says, do the hosts have experience talking to local businesses about keeping their spaces trans friendly? Do you, do you just talk to the people working there or ask for a manager? So more specific to like exactly how you go about doing this. Well, there are places where I've where I've been going there for a long time so i just know the management already um like small businesses where like i you know i know this cafe and or what have you um but like yeah i mean i i i'm friendly with with staff like like you know like people who are working a job or whatever uh like i try to be as friendly as possible in all situations you know there's like uh when i get in taxis frequently like the the driver will be like is it okay if i have this this station on and i'm like my guy, you're working right now. Like you should get to listen to whatever radio you want. Like um, I always, yeah, I always try to just make friends with whatever staff are around. Um, I wouldn't like, I would not go in and be like, hey, I have been going to this cafe for a long time, but I've never spoken to you before. And now I'd like mm. to speak to your manager because that's not going to make a good impression. Um, but like what I instead would do would just be like, be friendly. And then like, once I feel like there is a good rapport, I'd be like, hey, I want to, I want to get assurances about this thing. And then like, if their direct response is like, look, I'll do that if I'm on shift, but like, I can't say that for anybody else. I don't think the next move for me would be to talk to a manager. I think my next move when, then would be like, well, I'm going to keep on making friends with other members of staff. And like, if I have now spoken to like enough of them at some point, like, and they kind of keep on saying that, then I might be like, cool, I now have assurances from enough people that I know this is the case. Now I'd like to speak to a manager and I can be like, look, I'm already, like, I already know that your staff are kind of on board with this, but I'd like there to be a kind of institutional thing from the venue here. Um, yeah. And like specifically the, the assurance has to do with if there is a fascist giving a trans person grief for any reason. And it's not, it's not like, I've brought up this EHRC thing a couple of times now and like definitely I would like assurances from places that I go that like if trans women are legally banned from women's bathrooms like they won't uphold that but like mm -hmm. the broader assurance is just like I want to know that if that you can recognize like someone being a dick to a trans person mm -hmm. you will yeah, stop yeah. it mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah totally okay. yeah I am um, yeah I've I've never had to like you know go into a place of business and be like hey, look, you know, like if this happens, like what we do or whatever like that. Because the same kind of thing, like I tend to like a lot of the cafes I go to, like I kind of just become friends with people and like kind of get to know a little bit of their politics anyway. And most of the time, like I always find that, you know, like, like most of the places I go to when I get talking to people that they already like swing pretty far left or whatever. Especially staff working places. Like that's the thing. Like they're not going to, they're actually not going to be Tories if they're working at a bar. Like this is the thing about the, um, we went back to the Marcus of Granby a little while ago and like chatted to the staff there and they were like, yeah, we hate these fucking Tories. They're so, they're like, they're, they're dreadful. And it's like, you know, a place can be, the clientele can be like really right wing and still often like the staff are actually left wing because it's normal to be, it's actually normal. It's just normal to be left wing actually. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, yeah, yeah. I've had wild things like, you know, like people on Twitter being like, or, you know, like people at, at cafes being like, oh yeah, like I follow you on Twitter or like, you know, there was like something I said once about um going to a cafe or whatever and like the barista like popped up on Twitter and was like, oh yeah, you know, like that was me. Like I just, I didn't want to say anything, <laughs> but, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like, um, so I feel like there's like a lot of um, people that already swing pretty, 
far left. But um, like, I mean, I've, I've been into businesses before in our, like the area around where my shop is when um, the whole area got like stickered and posted. It's happened a couple of times by um, a, um, like a neo-Nazi group that's active in Auckland. And, um, you know, like I usually I'll go and take them all down or whatever like that. And just like, you know, talk to our local people. Cause they'll see, you know, like they come out and they're like, Oh, what are you, what are you doing? You know? And I can point out like, oh, these these guys, like this is this is who they are, this is what they do. Um, you know, like this is, you know, like they were tied in with the, you know, the Christchurch shooter and things like that. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just getting a little heads up or whatever, and just saying, like, you know, like, hey, if you if you see anyone putting these up, like if you can get a photo or something, then um, you know, I would love to, you know, I'd love to see that. <laughs> right. to yeah, on, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. just in like a general kind of like community kind of defense community kind of safety way. kind um, of thing yeah this is, absolutely this is a great segue into our uh, another question uh oh, from yeah, sky well from I, can sky- I, sorry oh. i'm sorry could i just <laughs> I, I have something to add to the stickering thing and i just really want to say it um like i think that's really great especially about like about when you see fashy stickers around making people aware that's something i've also already done uh with lo- like like local venues that i'm a regular at where i'll be like hey just so you know like someone put this sticker up like on the road that your cafe is on and this is what this sticker means. Like, the, you know, the, this is a QR code to Posey Parker's website. You know how to Posey Parker before? Okay, here she is standing in front of a bunch of Sikh hiling Nazis. Cool, now you understand who Posey Parker is. If you see these, please take them down, you know? Um, yeah, I, don't, I think that, like, I think it's just really worth emphasizing that it's a that it's a full way of life being anti-fascist, like that you, that you can apply it in absolutely, like not all settings, but like, you can be ready to apply it in all settings. Like something I do, which doesn't really make the the most based thing this week section, because like if it if it did, I I would have had a very quiet week. Is like if I'm in the movies and like they start playing like uh, an army recruitment ad, or like a lot of them recently have been like Met Police recruitment ads. Like my policy is someone should be yelling at the screen in any cinema where they are playing like fascist recruitment propaganda. And if no one else is doing it, it's gonna be me. So like that's something I always do. And that's something you can bring to like situations is just like you, you see shit like that and you just tell everyone who's around you it's wrong. Like there are like undercover cop cars here now that like, um, they, they used to be unmarked cars, but now there are tons of unmarked cars that like just look like someone's just like used car dealership, like car, but then like suddenly there are like blue lights flashing and there's a siren, right? And then you look and you can see that there are like police and fucking body armor in there. Like whenever a, whenever one of those like suddenly like lets the siren off, like I start yelling to everyone around me. Like that's like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like they've, are we, are we all just okay with the fact there are all these like unmarked cars now that like we don't even know a police. Like someone could just put fucking blue lights on their car and go and abduct people. And we're supposed to be cool with that. Like, fuck that. That's wrong. And like, you know, uh, I can't say I uh, make lots of friends doing that stuff, but it's something I stick to doing. Like, because like someone it's the, the same thing about like the kind of bystander passive versus active like mindset. Yeah. That's what I wanted to add. Sorry, sorry, Kira. I didn't mean to like, I just really wanted to say about like kind of being an active bystander is really important. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that kind of, that feeds really well into the question uh, from sky glittering. So um, are there small anti-fascist things I can do on a day-to-day basis? I try to sticker around my town whenever I'm out, since it's easy to do, even when I'm depressed and struggling, but I'm wondering if there's any other small thing I can do when there aren't any protests or demonstrations. And that's what you were just talking about. I don't know if there's <laughs> Sorry, anything else. Sorry, I should have just let you read the question. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Uh, um, I don't know if there's anything else that, um, 
uh, that maybe Tim wanted to add or anything other, any final thoughts you had, Sophie? Because by the way, everyone's specific, I'm going to just interject and say everyone's specific brand of this is going to change depending on who they are. Sophie yelling at, at, a, at a screen in a movie theater while awesome may not be someone's you know, it may be a little daunting and very daunting, maybe super anxiety provoking, maybe even panic attack causing for somebody else. Right. So like, just to be clear, um, as much, I'm not trying to downplay anything Sophie said, I think it's awesome. And I aspire to be that honestly, like that for me is like awesome. And something that I can, that fits really firmly well into like who I am. I'm the type of person that should be doing that. Right. But not everyone's like that. So I don't know if there's anything else y'all wanted to add. Um, to, to answer this question yeah I, mean, uh, I think it's like it's always going to be a result of like the conditions of your area right you know like it's kind of like i guess it's like you know anti-fascism like i mean it is it is like reacting to fascism but it's also like you want to kind of if you're if you're kind of like really i guess like living it as like an i you know like as part of your kind of core beliefs and stuff like that even if there is no fascism like well you know like active fascist groups organizing your area or whatever like that I think um the next step is to be kind of like thinking about I guess like fascism outside of like you know like the direct organizing of fascist groups and thinking about more like you know things that the government does imperialism and things like that and just um yeah I mean it's like yeah there's um I think that kind of brings you more to like general kind of like leftist organizing sort of stuff. Um, yeah. But I would say just, yeah, the small things are just like, you know, just, um, just trying to not let the small things slip is uh, I think is a good thing to do. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even just like, um, even just like getting in touch with and, following anti-fascist groups maybe if there's none in your town like a little bit further afield like a lot of the time there'll be like twitter pages or instagram pages kind of set up there's like a whole bunch down here um yeah and just kind of being um being aware of what's going on because you know you never know like there's been some turf rallies in like weird small towns down here yeah right so um yeah you never yeah, know totally. what's gonna pop up mm. yeah I think I'd also say like when we've been saying this, we like went, went up saying this practically every episode, but like meet your neighbors is like, is also anti-fascist praxis because like, at least, well, you know, at least for me, like I, in, in the project of me meeting my neighbors, that's been going on for a long time now, like, uh, and being friendly with them, like a, a, a conscious motivation for me is like a way I could die as my neighbors turning me into some kind of fascist like thing. And if I've met my neighbors and I say hi to them regularly, then I feel more confident that those mm -hmm. neighbors specifically will not do that. Um, yeah. And like, if, if you aren't, you know, the, the targeted minority or whatever, then meeting those neighbors and, and when you are like on good terms with them being like, Hey, like you, you know, this stuff's all bullshit, right? Like you, you know, you, or like, you know, kind of promoting community helps with that stuff enormously. Cause like, if you're in if you're in community with those people who are targeted and then like you also become in community with your neighbors then just by kind of being around each other they'll they'll not be fascists mm -hmm. yeah yeah we've got a couple of other um things people putting out in the chat um 
from uh, Chloe and Shafiq mentioning also um, helping out um, yeah, unhoused people and disabled people as well is also like very anti-fascist because they, they are like people that are yeah, homeless and also um, yeah, disabled are often um, targets of, you know, like of fascist movements. Um, and they are like, a, they are both groups that um, a lot of people tend to, um, you know, it's like you get a lot of people who be like, I'll get involved with it when it relates to me you know and um and particularly yeah people that are that are living rough out on the street and yeah depending on food banks and stuff like that uh you know not really on anyone else's radar um for for a lot of people so um yeah helping out and organizing around the needs of um yeah of people that are um sleeping rough is also is is very anti-fascist mm. um <clears throat> I have, um, I have one final, or was that another thing in from the chat? There is, there is, um, wait, are you looking at the questions? Because there's two questions left, but there's one of them I feel like we've kind of answered already from just playing Garrick. Um, uh, they asked, I have a question. I'm disabled with limits. I'm disabled with limits to my mobility, which makes it difficult to make it out to rallies and events that help physically. What else can I do in my community to help other anti-fascists? I feel like we've probably touched on that quite a bit in if numerous you, ways. If you were really determined and wanted to do an enormous amount, and had the free time to do it and so on uh like a high energy thing would be engaging in anti-fascist research i know several people who are like physically less like able to get to rallies or whatever and suffer from mobility issues who spend like quite a bit of their time uh researching like you know being the the mole inside the telegram channel or whatever telling people what's going on that's like something that's hardcore that people can do um but yeah i mean like also just kind of all the things we've been saying about like mm -hmm, you know stickers mm -hmm. and talking to people and whatever like yeah yeah there's definitely there's people i know that um that aren't able to get out um to rallies and things like that but yeah they're the ones that are like combing through the footage that the the turfs mm -hmm. put up and finding out you know like <clears throat> kind of like looking through all that kind of stuff like yeah, sitting in the Telegram channels, um, just monitoring things and stuff like that. And just like, you know, dedicating a little bit of time every day, just being like, okay, cool. I'm going to go through and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to like take notes. I'm going to take screenshots. I'm going to, you know, record things and stuff. And um, yeah, like it's like, you know, it is it's super cheesy, but it's like, um, what was um, Commissioner Gordon's daughter in Batman? Barbara. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, well, she yeah, up, yeah. She wound up being the Oracle. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah you can be the she's oracle like the if you're anti-fascists yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly and she's like yeah. you know she's on the computers she's like yeah you know doing all the intel and stuff absolutely um, yeah but yeah you know like that's totally a thing and i mean like there's like obviously there's like many different kinds of disabilities so some people like have trouble kind of you know like focusing on things for long periods so you know this mm -hmm. it, it gets a little bit trickier there but um yeah but um i would say even just like dedicating a small amount of time just being like okay cool I'm gonna do like you know like half an hour where I just go through this or whatever and I think that like yeah there's like yeah I, I legitimately believe there's like a place in all of these movements for everyone um and if yeah and if 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 you're having trouble kind of finding a place within like an org or something like that um yeah I don't know it's like you don't necessarily have to get like you know, like to like if it's if it's like really um if it's difficult for you because you're like neurodivergent, you have trouble kind of like um kind of I guess like 
you know, going to meetings and talking to people and all that kind of stuff like that. There are a lot of places these days that like have, you know, like um, they will do meetings via like discord and stuff like that. Like I know a bunch of anti-fascist groups and stuff and they do it via zoom and discord and all that kind of stuff. So you don't have to be like super active. You can just sit there and you can like listen and you can talk. And even like some people will, be listening on the call and just talking in the chat they won't be you know talking because they can get a little bit nervous and stuff so i think that there's you know this there's, there's space for everyone to kind of fit yeah. in yeah i feel like um, that um and this is uh, sorry sophie i just um no, just really quick we have one more question no more questions oh, I, was gonna, everyone. I was gonna read out the question oh yeah yeah no, go ahead and read well, it out, i'll read it because that... i haven't read out a question yet so i'll read out okay well uh, y'all have been on... doing all the work today so i wanted to make sure that i could do a little <laughs> oh, bit of something Kira, Kira, i have a job for you really following on from this question so uh, pick on a Toby from the YouTube chat has said, how do you develop the confidence to put yourself out there? I start shaking and tripping over my words when there's like more than three strangers in a social situation, let alone political. So like the main thing I have to say, this question is clearly about like showing up to rallies. Right. Um, and I want to say like, if you are imagining that you're going to show up to a rally and like yell at a tough or yell at a neo-Nazi and like have a, have a heated argument with them, uh, you would be doing the wrong thing at the rally anyway. Right. Because like when it comes to like drowning out their like their side of the rally so they can't like make their fucking their 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 speeches and record their content or whatever, because that's what they're there for. Like it isn't it creates um general background noise that can still be recorded over if there are lots of people just having different conversations and all like yelling at each other. Like if you if you look at like if you like look at I don't know Charlottesville or whatever you see like people who you can hear clearly because the background noise is just lots of different voices doing different shit. If you look at people trying to record their speeches inside a Posey Parker rally, what you hear is the is the the anti-fascist block all chanting in unison, and that's all you can hear because it comes through clearly. That's actually the disruptive thing. That and like noisemakers, like some people, uh, you know, bring like bike horns and stuff like that to like make make loud sounds, right? Um, so one thing I'd say, like, to in terms of developing confidence, is like knowing going in that you aren't actually required to kind of be an individual person who's so confident and like making your arguments or whatever. What you need to do is be part of the block, right? And so one of the things that I found really confidence building is knowing what the chants are going to be. So Kira and I are going to teach you some of the uh, three of the most common anti-fascist chants. All right, so Kira, you're going to be our chant leader. And you're gonna tell you're gonna do the the first half of a chant, and then I'm gonna respond to it, uh, and we'll do it like a couple times. And if people in chat already know the answer to this one, they can they can uh, put it in chat as well, so that we're all doing the chant together. Kira, you say alerta, 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 antifascista. Anti-fasc- you go again. Oh, no, no, alerta. no. You go. <laughs> you're getting it. It's okay. No, 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 I got it. Okay. Yeah, alerta, yeah. alerta. Antifascista. Alerta, alerta. Antifascista. And that's the first chant, right? So one person will say, alerta, alerta, like, hey, pay attention. And then the whole group will say, antifascista. Okay? Uh, The next one is you say, we bleed black and red. We bleed black and red. Antifascist till we're dead. We bleed black and red. Antifascist till we're dead. Okay, those ones are call and response. There is another one which is 
pure Italian and you uh you <laughs> you should know what oh, no. it's no, 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 it's okay it's okay it's okay it's it's because it, they have some of the best anti-fascist chants go figure because of uh that guy they turned upside down um <laughs> so, so this one isn't call and response so you need to know it going in right but it goes siamo tutti anti-fascisti and it means we are all anti-fascists siamo tutti anti-fascisti <laughs> Like anti-fascist, but with an I on the end, right? Anti-fascisti. Anti-fascisti. Okay, so it's siamo tutti anti-fascisti. Siamo tutti anti-fascisti. You nailed it. That's exactly it. Now you're ready to go. Now you're ready to go to a counter demo and chant that with people. Awesome. And all these people in the chat, they've they're ready for it as well. Are, okay, I have a question. Are these like? Yeah. Are these um? England specific because I've been to protests in America like the BLM uprisings like we created the Chaz and none of I've never heard any of these before okay they're pretty common ones around around various different places I don't think like I mean for the the fact that uh two of them are Italian uh should be indicated <laughs> that they're not they're not English ones but like yeah they're just kind of around I think they might be European specific I don't know like Tim have you heard these hmm. any of these before um I have heard them but like not they're definitely not like the most popular ones that we would hear (laughs) no i'm not saying they're the most popular i'm saying they're like classic ones really yeah Mm -hmm. another reason and to link this back to our question about confidence as well another reason that's really good to know about some like reliable chants that like some people might know is that like and it, whenever there's a lull in the crowd and your job is to like be be making as much noise as possible it's like sometimes people just run out of the rhythm of a chant and it's important oh, to yeah. know something you can jump in with quickly and get people to keep going. So that's why call and response is especially really, really useful. Because sometimes you get sick of like singing, you're not being silenced if you're in the Daily Mail over and over again. And like people just kind of naturally run out of energy. But like people will carry on chanting if you then go alata alata, right? So this is um yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um another one I really like is who keeps us safe, we keep us safe, mm-hmm. and who protects who protects the fascists cops protect the fascists those are good ones um yeah, yeah. i like the whose streets are streets whose streets are streets so the, the, i like the seeing that in my head when i'm walking down the street and i see a cop is like Ugh. yeah that's a, that's a very good one the, the 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 big problem is that uh for english people for pe- for people cursed with the disease of being english um that sounds like you're chanting whose whose streets are streets <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean this like if you're in a crowd of people mm. chanting that it, it really sounds like it um it doesn't help that like it doesn't help that Do we're a bunch of that. queers so like we we literally just start chanting our streets as like uh <laughs> like <laughs> we find it funny as hell but yeah so yeah 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 sometimes you get like um musicians showing up to protest as well which is great as well to like you know like uh there's a couple of little bands that will um assemble and play at like protests over here there's like they're like organized things as well and they're like you know like they they play specifically to like the kind of instruments in a way that is like good for kind of like keeping everyone in rhythm and stuff and it's been like yeah it's been pretty impressive at um protests and marches and stuff before them how it's kind of like a little bit more of a rabble or whatever and then as soon as they start going everyone kind of gets in line and in step and stuff and like most of the time it's something like pretty basic um like it'll just be a chant and then they'll have like a you know a couple beats in between or something like that but I've seen everything there was like one dude um at one that I went to years ago singing um 
singing Bella Chow really loud, like you must have had like oh, an organic yeah. voice or something like that, <laughs> which is um an old, it's like an Italian song. It started off, it was like a song kind of like, it was like this really like, um, it was like a song about these workers in the field and like the terrible conditions and how, um, you know, like they're basically wasting their lives along like really a class focused kind of song. But then um, it kind of got, it became really popular after World War Two. I think it was like the myth was that it was like sung by the the partisans, you know, the Spanish partisans. But apparently, it like it wasn't. But it was like after that, it kind of. Um, I think someone like kind of like wrote it into a, a book or an article or something, and then people mistakenly think it comes from them, but it's actually from post World War Two, and it's like um, kind of um, this kind of I guess like romantic song about this um this partisan fighter and um like going to war knowing that he might die and like if he will die then it's like you know to bury him up on this mountain by where he kind of like grew up or whatever but it's kind of like saying that it's like but this is like you know as a partisan like I'm going to die for freedom sort of thing you know and that um you know like that's more important but um like it yeah, that everyone should see this flower that grows on my grave and like remember what we did, sort of thing. Hell yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So um, um, anyway, um, so I think that's the most of the discussion, the right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, someone's just should... put in chat. Uh, bottom switches tops. We all hate cops. Uh, there is a version of that I can't say on Twitch because of terms of service, but it's one word and then another word and then bottoms tops. We hate fascists. We hate cops. And that's one we do. Oh, well. um, but yeah, uh, I've been saying that there's homework this week and the homework this week is to think about places where you can be an anti-fascist in your everyday life. It could be little stuff. You could go, uh, you could go yell in the cinema. You could uh, take down stickers. If you see any stickers, you could let people know about those stickers who are around who could also take down the stickers uh or it could be you know bigger stuff uh that anyone can do like showing up to uh, a counter demo um but yeah it's just the homework this week is generally like uh trying to seek opportunities for anti-fascism and realizing how it can be part of your everyday life um yeah cool i actually just saw someone just dropped in chat um, an enormous door slamming said, I'm pretty fond of Tutira Mai Na Iwi, which is um, a Maori kind of like, um, it's like a, a, yeah, a folk song um, about, it's basically about coming together and like standing together as people. Like it literally, the lyrics of the song are about like standing together and kind of like oh, marching yeah. together and like loving everyone and, you know, to be united and stuff. But it is like this really good, like kind of call and response kind of thing. But it's like, and you learn it in primary school. So like everyone, everyone down here knows it so when it goes off at like a there's like memes about it and stuff but um yeah so when it at a protest it is like very common it's like super super common like everyone like Zaphos in in chat is like said there's like the main line is like tutira my na iwi and then everyone recalls with aoi and so that's what oh, Zaphos yeah. is saying aoi in the chat oh i it's love like that the call and the response but um cool. yeah no anyway um cool i mean thank you for telling us about that um yeah, yeah i think we should tell the chat about finding more tim which is the number one complaint i get from chat is that they're like i love tim i need more tim where tim well real real foreheads can find me um here on twitch and on youtube as conquest of dread 
or over on Twitter as uh, at Dread Conquest for as long as Twitter still exists. <laughs> um, what about what about Kara? Where can we find Kara? Uh, well, uh, you can find all of my links in my link tree. Uh, my link tree is Kira Chats. You can and you can find the link to my link tree if you want in my Twitter bio, twitter.com slash Kira Chats. My Twitch is twitch.tv slash Kira Chats. My Discord is discord.gg slash Kira Chats. Kira Chats everywhere. Um, and also there's many links to my link tree that I cannot for terms of service reasons elucidate me further to you wink wink nudge nudge you should check it but out they're the best links but they're the best links that's right <laughs> that is correct but what if i wanted to find my friend sophie oh my goodness well i also have a link tree it's linktree.ee slash sophie from mars all one word uh the most important thing you will find there is my patreon which is patreon.com slash sophie from mars but you'll find all my stuff there too so go to my link tree you'll find all my stuff uh but if you go to my patreon uh i have a, pro- a big project I've been working on for like 18 months. It's called The World Is Not Ending. It's finally coming to a head. I've got like almost all of my mushroom time lapses. I got like Nats doing little paintings and shit. It looks, it's, 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 it's popping off. And it's going to be up on Patreon for like a considerable period after I finish making it. So if you want early access to that, that's the place to go. Uh, I also am making a video called We Bleed Black and Red. Kira, can you guess what that's about? Hmm. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's like all the stuff we've been saying today, and so, but like in a scripted format. So uh, that'll be up <laughs> on there too soon. Uh, and I'm also making a little video about my trip to Armenia and surgery that will also be up there. So lots of stuff going on, on my patreon.com slash Sophie from Mars. If you want to go over there, um, that's that's it from us. Uh, next week, we're talking to Trans Safety and our Network. Friend Mule. <laughs> that's true. Our okay, Mule. Mule also yeah. is around. He's DJ Mule and all the stuff. Link I don't know tree. his exact links. Tree. Does he have a link tree? He has a link tree. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go to his link tree. It's DJ Mule. DJ M U E L. There it is. We love our okay. little peanut. Sorry, okay. peanut. If you're watching, we love you. <laughs> all right. Anyways, see ya next week with with Trans Safety Network. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Planet. If you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell all your comrades about it. Find more on the show, including where to watch live at redplanetshow.com. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok at red underscore planet underscore TV, and there's even more on our Patreon, patreon.com slash red underscore planet. Our music is by Jasper Byrne. Red Planet is produced by Comrade Zimmerman in association with Mercenary Creative. See you next week! <laughs>